0: hey what's good what's good what's good welcome to reflections of a dj the road podcast presented by dj city i'm your host dj crooked we got dj never yo what up we got dj d miles good morning we got jamie the great yep and we got a special guest um the owner the founder of i guess one of the biggest dj agencies management companies in the country uh he's our manager he's a, a really uh I guess, brilliant radio promotions guy for for record labels and music and shit. Like I don't, you do a lot of stuff, man. We got the very infamous <laughs> 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 Sujit Kundu here.
1: Yeah, to
0: and so we, you know, we want to get you here and get your perspective on on all things DJ related and music related. You you got your hands also behind. Uh, the radio promotions for a lot of big records you, you've you been responsible for certain records like Khaled yeah um, with the what Wild, is it? Wild Thoughts Wild Thoughts and Unforgettable by French Montana and Unforgettable Montana. French Montana and stuff like that and uh, you have anything to say I mean
2: I'm the one Khaled as yeah.
3: <laughs> well
1: yeah.
3: and I think and I, so many so many and, and I think
2: Move That Dope by uh, Future as yeah, well
4: yeah I, I mean I'm just happy to be here let's figure let's talk through it let's go I, mean, I don't <laughs> really have I don't, I don't have like opening speech <laughs> okay
0: uh what do you call it um by the way this is the first time we've ever seen suja without a phone in his hand talking. i know so I, I, right. I don't think this um it's gonna last too long yeah i committed <laughs> to
3: doing
1: this
4: i'm gonna do it all the way i got you okay okay
0: <laughs> and you you dragged this all out at 8 a.m in the morning this is the <laughs> earliest podcast we've ever done Let, let's be
4: clear i'm gonna do this but i'm gonna do it on my terms i feel like djs are at 2 a.m so we're yeah. gonna do it at my so time you right? wanted
0: us to be like kind of a little lost and bewildered <laughs> and stuff
4: i just didn't want to be distracted i feel like once the day gets going like My mood could change depending on what's happening. And and early in the day, you know, you'll get like a clear, articulate me. Whereas in the middle of the day, I might be dealing with a fire. I might be dealing with something and my mind might be distracted and I might not be all the way there. So I felt like the morning would be easier for me.
0: Well, let's talk about even your routine, the way you you work. You've been up since 3 a.m.
4: Right. So usually what I do is I go to sleep when I'm tired. Um, When is
0: that? What time is that? It depends.
4: Like usually I'd say between nine and 12 like uh, you know i had like a third grade teacher that was like a jerk and like one day this kid fell asleep in our class and um we thought he was going to drop the book or like bang something or like wake him up like crazy like and he just let the kid sleep and like after the class we were like yo bro like what happened this Buddy fell asleep and you didn't even like mess with him and he was like listen he's like if somebody's tired in my class that means they might not be sleeping at home so i might let them sleep in class, but then I'll deal with them later, right? So I've always been of the mindset of when I'm tired, I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So whether that's nine, 10, 11, 12, or even one, if it's time to sleep, I go to sleep. I don't push myself to work longer. And the opposite of that is I wake up when I'm ready to wake up. So unless I have a flight or something that is like, urgent that I have to make sure, even if I have an eight o'clock meeting, I probably won't set an alarm because I usually do get up between, between let's say two and six. If I get up at 2, I'm annoyed and I'll try to sleep. So then I might sleep all the way till 6. But if I wake up at 3, 3.15, 3.30, I get up and that's it for the day. I'll stay up. Wow. Damn, man. So so you were referencing the radio business. Yeah. And at 3 o'clock in the morning or at 6 o'clock in the morning, there's this system called MediaBase, which is how uh, radio promoters monitor how much spins are going on and how much each radio station is playing or not playing a record. And at 3 a.m., it from 12 a.m to 3 a.m it goes off there's a thing called real time where you can watch it in real time yeah and from 3 a.m to 6 a.m it's off so um, i'm sorry from 12 to 3 a.m it's off and at 3 it goes back on so like my body kind of knows at 3 it's back on and i want to see what's happening
0: so explain explain this because i actually don't really understand or know anything about what you're doing behind the scenes with radio you know pushing like with radio and pushing records and And getting spins and all of this stuff. And you've been doing this for a while now. A long time. Right. Uh, And you're like the best in the business from what I've heard. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, you know. Explain what you do. Like, explain what you do. So, you know, there's... there's
4: There's several different genres of music, right? So Mm -hmm. formats of radio, right? There'll be urban radio, which if you were in Los Angeles, that would be 92.3 The Real, Mm -hmm. right? Then you'd have Power 106 would be like a crossover radio station. Mm -hmm. And then you have like Top 40, which would be like Kiss or Amp. And then maybe you have Hot AC or Alternative and K-Rock or whatever have you. So I do the rhythm crossover format, and there's maybe like 80 radio stations in the country. And artists or labels hire me to promote their records to radio stations. So say there's fifty artists a week trying to get their song on the radio and there's one slot open for a new song because radio stations have a limited inventory. They can't play unlimited music, right? Whereas whereas a Spotify, you could put twenty five thousand songs a week, they just keep putting them up and putting them up and putting them up. Right. right? Radio stations have inventory. There's only twenty four hours in a day, songs two and a half, three minutes, three and a half minutes, whatever it is. So they only got once they, that slots are all full, that's all they have. So, you know, the, there's lobbyists, I guess, like me, that go and say, hey, crooked song is better than Jamie's or
0: whatever have you, and so that's kind of what we do. So you call up, what, like, 80 radio stations that you have. Right. You obviously have contacts now. They all know you. Right. So when you're pushing a record, they're trusting you? They're like, yo, we actually, all right, we're going to push it on? Or they're just kind of like, you still got to sell to them?
4: No, you still have to sell to them. I mean, if... I think if, if someone you, – you get credibility. Yeah. So if I really vouch and I really push, I might get the benefit of the doubt if yeah. I have credibility. If you're doing the same thing as me and you don't have the same credibility, you know, then maybe they might take my word more serious than yours. But I might not vouch 10 times out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. I might say, hey, I need a favor. Hey, I need this. Or like, you know, like this artist has a good relationship with the radio station, support them. Like, there, there could be a 100 different reasons why they choose to or not to but
0: you know we just try to figure it out so to get the spins that you want and to get the records played it's it's a lot of diligence right it's calling well yeah like I mean, every you, you, you've got
4: like 30 or 40 versions of me and you know the radio stations is all trying to duck and hide from us because they know we're basically salesmen okay and this and is,
0: it, this explains a lot okay yeah, we're
4: basically telemarketers right we're calling right. and you know it's like it's the the equivalent of me saying hey crooked you know i'm at the club and i want to hear move that dope and you're like Ugh. and then D Miles comes up and he's like, Yo, Crooked, I want to hear this. And you're like, Bro, there's 20 of these guys annoying me to play the song, and I just want to play my set. I want to do my job. You know right. what I
0: mean? And so that's you. You're just like relentlessly going at them, Yo, you got to play this. Right. Like, I, I mean, and this. it could
4: be, it could even be as easy as, you know, a lot of radio stations have DJs or a lot of stations have, you know, a si- like, it could be, you know, if you could find goodwill in someone's assistant mm-hmm. they might go to bat behind closed doors and be like hey listen I personally really like this song you never know that might be the winning edge over I might have got the assistant aboard, and he might have not got the assistant aboard, and yeah. then I might be that there's a lot of different factors and like someone he might have heard the song last night in the club and been like yo this one's a winner for me right. right or seen somebody perform or you're like hey come check this artist perform like once you see it you'll understand and then they see it and they see a thousand people cheer and they're like oh shit like that
0: might be a work so Like, in the beginning, you would have worked for a record label, and you would have pushed their records to radio, right?
4: Well, for me, in the beginning, I was a club promoter. Yeah. So I used to do raves and promoters. Yeah,
0: I definitely want to touch on that, but I kind of want to touch on... Well, I just...
4: No, but I just... How it kind of evolved was, for me, was it went from club promotion to kind of like street teams. Uh Because street teams and club promotion kind of went hand in hand. Right. And then it went from that to kind of mix show promotion. And then just like... Like, my life kind of just went like just kind of evolved it wasn't really like a set plan or something it just kind of like mm-hmm. grew and just kind of like I don't know matriculated or what have you and yeah. just kind of like evolved as as the culture evolved and as time evolved
0: yeah yeah. so when someone says you know you're instrumental in pushing this record or making this record successful for example let's say like a tiger taste or like an unforgettable French Montana or Wild Thoughts uh Rihanna what does that mean that you were instrumental.
4: Well, I think they're all different. All three of those records are different scenarios, right? I think think in the case of a Wild Thoughts, I think it just came out and was a smash. I don't really think that I did anything that was like magical or instrumental or... Uh or, or, You know, I think anybody probably would have had the same outcome because the song was great from... The minute it came out, it was like, boom, right? But like, you take a French Montana that was out three, four, five months before it really caught its legs, right? So it, it becomes about like... It was about diligence and not giving up and pushing and pushing and pushing and staying with it. And, you know, you you know, a lot of people might have given up and I did it. And, you know, it, it's it's then at that at that time, I didn't know French. I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't have a relationship with his manager. So, you know, I didn't have any goodwill with him either. So me and him were learning each other. And like a year later, it was like the biggest song of the year. Mm. Right. But, but so that that. And my format was the only one that went number one. So no other formats went number one, whereas Wild Thoughts went number one in multiple formats, right? Like, it was, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, equally or, or, or bigger as big, but they were different, there were different paths to get there, right? With with Tyga, I mean, I picked the song, right? So I picked the song, but the same thing, I kind of feel like... You picked taste? Right, like, so the situation was when I, I met him, like, yeah. maybe a couple weeks before that, he played me a bunch of songs, and... um and I'm not really a studio guy in the sense that I don't really love to sit in the studio and listen to music for hours. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I have ADD. You're the one that said it. I barely, I'm on my phone the whole time. Right. Yeah. So he's playing me four or five, six songs. And you know, there's a song that he wanted to put out first. And he thought it was kind of like a club street record. And then I was just kind of like, you know, I see you in the clubs and I go, what club do you really see this playing in? And he was like, well, you know, and I'm, he's like, he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, cause you know, DJs, you guys want to play the hits. Mm -hmm. You're not entitled to play a new record at 12 o'clock in in the middle of the night and break a new record. You have to play hit records. Mm -hmm. So he was like, what do you think we should do? I'm like, I think we should go with the hit. And he was like, you think so? And I'm like, yeah, If you, people's attention spans are so short now. There's no time for a setup record. And once you lead with the strongest record, then – the other doors are going to open much easier. for You got you. people's
0: attention, and then they might yeah. hear; the, they might listen to the second, the second one. They're, they're the more third. willing, yeah. exactly.
4: Yeah. So, and and at the time, people were like, "He's over," and he's this and that, and then boom, the song came out, and then boom, it's on Rap Caviar, and boom, it's like streaming. And right. next thing you know, it's like, and people still, for the first, let's say, two and a half months, were still like, no, no, were like they were they were so against him as an artist, yeah, that they weren't ready to, they weren't even open minded to receive him, and then like. It just became so big that like, it overpowered
0: them. Yeah, yeah. It was shocking to us DJs too when that song came out, right? Because we were like, "Yo, this shit is
5: dope," but yeah, we don't think the crowd's gonna fuck with Tiger. because yeah. we, we just, even had conversations uh, like, "Yo, he might it might be a rap for Tiger." No, like, every, everybody did, everybody did.
4: But you know, I mean, he's a very smart guy. He's very diligent, and he had a plan, and he yeah. went and, you know, like I said, it was the same sort of scenario with French. Like, you know, the same way that I'm trying to build the credibility with the radio stations or the DJs that I'm. Pushing to push the, I'm rec- uh, soliciting to push the records on. It's the same way I got to get the artist blessing because you know I might need the artist to do an interview, I might need the artist to do a podcast. But if they lack that trust or respect for me, yeah, then my ability to, to deliver
3: the artist is gone.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like the Indian Godfather over here. Huh? <laughs> yeah. somebody called so, Netflix up. So with
3: are Un- unforgivable. You believed in that record, right? Unforgettable. Unforgettable. You yeah. believed in the record. You thought it. Was, you knew it was going to be big.
2: I
4: didn't. No, not necessarily. I don't look. I don't pretend to be God, right? Like, I like I don't I don't hear so, like I say out of a thousand songs, maybe two or three. I'm like, yo, I think this was a smash, and it ends up being a smash. Usually, I I, I prefer to like read the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. So when something comes out, I can see the reaction, and I go to clubs, you know, so I can see what's happening, and you know, I can see the movement, and then like I kind of connect it. And once I see a spark, then I know how to take that spark and run it to the end zone, right? So mm-hmm. like. I wouldn't necessarily say that I heard the song the first time and I was like, oh, I got this. Like, like I think it was more as I was seeing it become successful, I was like, oh, this is worth pursuing. And this is worth pursuing. And like, let's work harder. I think there's something here. And then there was a turning point where I was like, all right, we're going all the way.
0: Yeah. I always say that Sujit doesn't want to be part of the development process of something. He wants to see the product. And, he want, and he's very good at seeing if the product, oh, like... He's very at good at analyzing the reception, the the crowd's reception to the product, yeah. or the market's reception to the product, and being like, I could I could sell this, right? Mm-hmm. I could do I could this, make it better, yeah. blow it up. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we had a similar conversation, like uh, for example, the Road Podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If I talked to him last year, I'm doing a podcast, he'd be like, I don't give a fuck. I don't
4: think I would have said I don't give a fuck. I would have said I think I would have probably said like, that's great, you should do it, and then I I would just like a lot of times like people come to me and they say. Let's just say D-Miles. Yo, I got a song that's a hit, right? Great. Everybody, I've never heard of someone say, my baby's ugly, right? Everybody's going to say their <laughs> baby's great, right? Like, but but now, let's fast forward. I say, okay, cool. But now, let's say three weeks later, Neva hits me. He's like, yo, did you hear that song? And then I might be like, oh, yeah, I heard him talking about it. And then, but and then now Crooked comes along, and he's like, yo, now you got my attention. So now mm-hmm. I might investigate into it, right? So now I'm like, because if two people... Like, take, for example, uh, I'll flip it even more. A DJ like June.
0: Yeah. I DJ, had no
4: I had no idea who she was.
0: DJ June in New York. Yeah. Right,
4: DJ June in New York. I had no idea who she was. Crooked's co-signing for, I think at the time, Reach is co-signing for. Like Big Ben. Big Ben's co-signing for. Three or four DJs are like, yo, you got to get this. You got to get this. So someone that wasn't necessarily on my radar at the time became in my radar. And truthfully, I didn't go investigate it. I just took the word of guys that i believe and i trust and if these guys are coming to me who don't normally come to me and say hey there's something here then i'm gonna investigate and once i investigate then i know what to do from there like yeah, yeah. once mm-hmm. i get the ball i know what to do with it right yeah,
0: yeah yeah so with the like with this podcast he would like but if i told you you would have been like yeah, yeah yeah that's cool like do your shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and then look i encourage everyone to do yeah. everything
4: but like it, it if you if you told me at the beginning to spend my time on it, I'd be like, listen, I don't have time. Yeah, right. Like that's the reality. I have back twenty four hours a day. I have to manage my time, and I can't. It's like you said, I can't invest in that in the process.
0: Right, mm-hmm. but the fact that the podcast got on your <coughs> radar, and you were like, kind of like, yo, you you kind of got something here. I see something here. You well, I mean, told me I, something.
4: It, it got on my radar because people were talking shit about me, and, and let's be clear, <laughs> right? So. so <coughs> So so people were people were listening enough that they were like, yo, did you hear such and such said this, and did you hear such and such said that? And I was like, I was like, honestly, no. But I, I'd see the post and I'd, I'd look at the like the little Instagram stories and 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 I'd be like, oh, okay, cool with it. But like kind of like I think when it when it kind of got on my radar was when you guys did the on the record thing. I was like, yeah. okay, well listen if they're looking to do this this might be it's all about it's all for me it's all about being able to, to market something people are looking for an angle and they're not just mm-hmm. looking hey everybody says i'm great right everybody says i've got this i've got that right. But yeah. but you know it, it's it you know great is relative somebody's got to be willing to buy it right so mm-hmm. i can say i'm great but you know like a lot of a lot of people talk shit about djs they'll be like DJ X sucks but the guys getting twenty thousand dollars a night He sucks is a relevant thing. Maybe he's not cut, master, cut, but somebody's willing to pay them, good, bad, or sideways, for their services. So, you know, like, when it comes to your guys' podcast, look, there's, whatever, 15, 10, 20,000 people listening. So you've earned the respect of, okay, well, it doesn't matter. My opinion no longer matters. Right. You know, the listenership's opinion has spoken. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm a booking agent. Yeah. For you guys, right? So my job is to book you. So I've got to convince the guy on the other side of the coin to book you, and it's your job to give me the tools to make my job easier. So if you line ten of you up, and I, you have the podcast, and the guy next to you has nothing, then you've put yourself in a better position to win. So if when I'm on the phone, I'm going through and I'm talking to these people, I'm like, oh shit, well these guys got this, and this got something that, I, and I could show them, a, like when we were talking about taking it on the road or what have you i was like listen we gotta we gotta put it in a certain package so somebody who's not familiar with the podcast can mm-hmm. come back in and swallow it and understand it and be like hey all right cool like all right now i understand i see what you're doing this is how we could do it this is how okay cool let i'll buy in right right, right.
0: Yeah. yeah explain about this booking agent and a manager like the a manager and a booking agent to you because like in, in i mean, so, so, so so scam
4: is a booking agency mm-hmm. like let's be clear so management companies would probably partake in the process
0: in the development process in the process. development process right? they'll work with an artist but it's also like it's an it's a it's got to be worth the investment and the time that they put into it so like I, I think know?
4: depending on the manager if you want a bigger manager he's like a younger manager might have time right? Right. so like so like you know as a manager I might sit in the studio with you for three hours a day and try to help you with your music mm. as a manager I might try to get you a feature I might try to get you a, a this or that right as an agent i'm just trying to book you mm. that's it so i'm just trying to get you club gigs so you know i'm not trying i'm a little i think in my case maybe a little a little morphed like i think because of just my relationships i think i have the opportunity to help people when it makes sense in other areas yeah but for the most part my job is just to book you that's mm-hmm. it right so all the other part it's 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 your job to make yourself hot it's your job to make yourself. You know, bookable. It's your job to make yourself marketable. It's your job to put the to ba- It's your job to put the podcast together, not yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that the,
0: is that one of the biggest misconceptions when DJs come up to you uh, asking about scam artists? They really I no, mean I think I think the, b- I, couple, think right?
4: the bi- I think the biggest mech- misconception is very similar to a record company that your life is going to change, and your life isn't really going to change, right? Like you know, the uh, average artist signs to a record label and they think ah, I, I made it. it. I made blow it. up. Yeah. I made it. But let's be clear. 50 artists signed to a record label every year, 48 of them aren't coming back the next year, mm-hmm. right? Because the, the labels, they don't know which one's going to pop and which one's not going to mm-hmm. pop. And now, instead of making it, now you've put yourself on the clock. So now you've got to fight with, whereas before is you didn't have to, I always tell people that people were like, yo, what's going on with my record? And I'm like, is it as good as Jay-Z's? And they're like, oh, come on, that's Jay-Z. And I'm like, is it good as Beyonce's? And they're like, that's Beyonce. I'm like, no, no. On a radio station, that's your competition. So mm-hmm. if you're not ready to fight with French Montana or Tiger or, or Little Wayne or whoever, why are you coming to me? Because that's you're at that platform now, right? Like you have to be ready to fight with Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's well, shit. Well, that's your competition. So if you come to Scam, Little John is your competition. You may not think so, but. As much as you're fighting him for the clubs, you're fighting him for my attention. Right. You're fighting him for everything. And if you're not ready, ri- and the obligation isn't on me to do the heavy lifting, the obligation yeah. is on you to put yourself in a position that I want to do the heavy lifting for you.
0: Right, right. I think that's one of the things, too. Like, a DJ will come up to me and come probably come up to you guys and be like, yeah. how do I get on Scam? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, where are you from? I'm from, you know, Milwaukee. I'm like, are you popping in Milwaukee right now? You know, I'm bubbling. You know, like, I'm trying to do this. I'm like... Suge's not going to talk to you unless you, if you're not popping in your own city, if you ever gotten to this like to this level yet, he can't do nothing for you because you, it's not <coughs> like you're going to sign on scam and then just get a bunch of gigs out of nowhere. Like you're, you still got to hustle your shit. A
3: lot of DJs feel that way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they well,
0: feel no, like
4: I, I, I also think that I think, in, and this is going to sound like maybe the wrong attitude, but <laughs> you also have to understand it's a business. So fifteen percent of nothing is nothing. Like so, if I'm not making money. I'm not waking up and I'm not motivated for that, right? So I have to ha- I have, to have it, uh, you watch Shark Tank, they'll tell you, I have to have enough skin in the game. 5% is not enough, this deal's not good enough for me. If I don't have enough skin in the game, I'm not gonna do it, right? So, you know, the guys from these second, third markets, the first question I'll ask them, say how much are you making? They'll be, oh, $300 a night, $400 a night. So what's my best case scenario? I get you to $1,000 a night and then now, and that's the best case scenario. Now I'm making 150 bucks a night for my company. Yeah, maybe at the beginning a scam when I didn't have to pay taxes and health insurance and all this licenses and all these things that I have to deal with now as a bigger company. Unfortunately, I and I probably had the time. I probably could have invested in you if I believed. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be clear. At the beginning, Vice and them were making 25 dollars a night, but we were all
0: there. How, to, yeah, you got. We were came all up there together. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
4: we were all there together. So that wasn't like a sacrifice for me right i didn't mm-hmm. have little john then or you know the tiesto equivalent then or whatever it is like i but now my time and my situations have changed
0: yeah so in in the beginning there was the a, when i first moved to vegas there was the A. from and showman right which was uh ob one cobra five stone rock graham and vice right and at the time i think you were representing. Uh, Vice, Five, and Ob. Yeah, yeah. And then Stone and Graham had another management company. Was a girl. Yeah. Ty. And, Ty. 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 I think so.
4: Tavia. Tavia. I think it was like T. No, no. Is it? I know who she is. I, yeah. I know you, I know. who it is. Ty. Ty. T h yeah. T- a i. Okay. Yeah. I remember.
0: Ty. So like Ty, but I remember coming through, and I never really, I've never seen a DJ manager before. Well, no, so they, p- they
4: they pitched it. It didn't get off the ground. It lasted, like, two months, right? Like, they pitched it as, like, a fun social thing, yeah. and then I was like, this is never going to work. But that was,
0: like, a first DJ crew with actual DJs with managers because I'd never seen a DJ with managers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you guys were the first. Right. Yeah. You know? and, and Well, then,
4: no, I don't think, like, see, like, because my history is from electronic music, so before that, there was, like, you know, I worked with Richard Humpty Vision and Bad Boy Bill, and they had agencies. Mm-hmm. So I
3: think agencies existed. I mean, no, you had Stress, Stress, um, Jessica, um, in New York. In New York, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but I
0: don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't think there was, a, there wasn't like a management company just for DJs, and like a crew of them. Well, know? I don't think they're you know management companies,
4: I think they were booking agencies. Like One World in San Diego had Richard and Bill and Irene, mm-hmm. and then I remember, there was, there was. There was other agencies out there, but yeah. they were electronic music. I think when Open Format came up, like at the beginning, like AM was really at the forefront, and he didn't have an agency, right? Right, and then I was representing Vice, mm-hmm. and then I grabbed, and then quickly it was Echo, and then Obi One, and then Five, and then like we kind of like, at the beginning, it was true story. At the beginning, you had to get the votes of everybody before you, right? So, so like, if you were DJ number five on Scam, you had to get four, three, two, and one to vote you in before you could get in, yeah. And,
0: I, I remember that, like yeah. every, like I, I guess when I like if I wanted to get never on the on the squad, you we would have you would talk to like five, you would Everybody. talk to vice, you would talk to like four of the DJs and get the okay, and then
4: they never said no, yeah. but but um,
0: I don't think they ever really were
4: like no to anybody, but like right. that was tell. the pro- I did I did that was the
0: process. Have you was there ever DJs that you were, you were, you were getting like eh, he's okay and stuff like that, and you didn't. And well, no, it's accepting accept it, new one?
4: I mean, I passed on a lot of people, but usually, t- truthfully, at the beginning, the DJs were like, this guy would be dope for our crew. Yeah. So, like, the, like, I didn't... Vice did a lot of heavy lifting at the beginning. Like, you know, like, he would introduce me. Like, he introduced me to Rocticon. Yeah. Like, because they were out more than me. So then they would know... Who was popping and who was good and who might be good and they were, had similar tastes and yeah so they were kind of like the djs were the ones that were bringing me talent but at some point you know it turned the corner and i had to think about the finances yeah. and like i remember the first dj that kind of blew my mind was was sky neller
0: because mm. um mm. you know because uh um sky were- neller was like a, a model she was a model and a dj but she was in the whole she was doing like fashion week she was doing ditty parties yeah you know so, but at, the t- t- at
4: the time there was like these event companies that were doing the like all the big events and they're and the, one of the big event companies that i was doing a lot of work was was like listen you got to work with sky she's killing it and i talked to her she's telling me that she's telling me she's making five thousand dollars a night and i couldn't comprehend it because vice at the time in my world in my mind was much bigger than her and he was making like two and i was looking at myself like how is it possible <laughs> That this fucking girl mm-hmm. is fucking crushing it like that, and then I, I was like, but she had no credibility as a, as a DJ as person. a club DJ, right? As a club DJ, okay, yeah. or as a DJ for that matter. So, so I was like, <laughs> so, but I did it because, like, I was like, this is confusing to me. And then, yeah. you know, truthfully, she opened up all these doors for us that we never had, wow, like man. fashion
3: brands,
4: <laughs> fashion brands and things, and you know, she was making those numbers, so. If i think if i would have put her in front of the jury the jury might have said no but what i got out of that relationship was was you know it was crazy i learned about a whole new world i went to hong kong i'm like go doing all these things i didn't even know existed and all of a sudden you know it opened my eyes up to being like okay well hey listen like just because this group thinks
0: this there's this whole other world out there that you can't close your mind to is there like a dj that maybe the that didn't get the the unanimous co-sign that you regret not signing no i never i don't think that ever happened no no Uh, so i want to go back to the beginning because we know of vice five (coughs) and like obi-wan but you know early in the beginning you were doing raves in orange county and stuff like that in the early 90s were you still in high school dude you were promoting these raves yeah (laughs) so neville was doing some research and you did like your boys were doing these raves oh so back in the day there was party crews Okay. So
4: I grew up around per- in Orange County, which and all my friends were predominantly Mexican. So mm-hmm. like, the, on the, um, they called it the East Side of LA, right? The East Side. So the East Side, predominantly Mexican people, they used to have party crews, but I didn't do it because I wasn't Mexican. Uh-huh. So even though all my friends were thinking it was really a Mexican thing, right? And I didn't feel like. I was going to be, like, Latin pride. Like, show, like that's what the. You could
2: have got away with it. You know, I, I could have got away with it.
4: But, but, you know, it was like. No, no he couldn't have. No, but, like, yeah, the party. He, he looks <laughs> like one of my cousins, actually. The party crews were, like, brown babies. And, like, it was, all, it was all, like, heavy, like, Latin influence. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. And then. Uh, and then. Um, and I just remember my friends. I was watching them try to throw these back. It was as far as backyard parties to you know cugs kegs with cups and all this and i'm yeah. like you guys are so stupid this is so easy and they were like if it's so easy why don't you do it and i was like bet and i threw a party at like this place called the ice house and it was like the place t- to throw the parties at in like our city and uh shoot, we failed miserably like the party sucked but i accomplished getting the venue and throwing the party and the owner of the the place that um was my investor and that fronted all the money. He was like, listen, I lost a lot of money, but that's the an obligation as an investor. Like, so you don't owe me anything, but don't ever come back here again, <laughs> right? Like well, I've yeah. never deal with this again. And I was like, No, no, hold on a second. He's like, Yeah, and I'm like, I'll come work for you for free at your construction company till I pay off what I owe you. Mm. And so um, while that, that first event was a failure, it opened up me to enough people in the rave and community type thing. Mm-hmm. So whereas, you know, it, it, it had given me a name a little bit of a name where i started doing parties and at that time start doing parties meant putting flyers on cars passing out flyers like mm-hmm. you know going putting up posters on the street like mm-hmm. you know i was like a worker and then you know as people as the higher ups you were the
0: street team yeah you were the street, street team, team. Yeah. so
4: as the higher ups kind of like were like oh we'll give you more responsibility then i went to collecting money at the door It went to this like it you know kind of grew and grew and grew and i stuck with it right cuz i was you know making a little money and you know it was fun and uh and then i graduated high school and, and at the same time i was throwing my party so my parties were smaller but they were i was getting better at it right like i still wasn't good at it but i was getting better at it and then i graduated high school and you so know what were
0: you were you like a host what, what were you doing
4: not a host hosting i was just it was a promoter like you put flyers on cars you people exit a party exit it, was, or, it was your party no it wasn't my party at all like like if a party happened they might have 10 like, they put your flyer, they'd put your company name on the flyer, and it'd be brought to you by, and it'd be like 20 companies. And then I'd be responsible for covering this city. And they'd be like, so I'd go to the malls and pass up flyers. I'd go to the Got after, it. like, a rave would exit. I'd be standing there, come to my party,
0: come to my party, trying to get girls' phone numbers or, you know, like, pr- see, like, promotions to me evolved and changed as bottle service became. Because with bottle service, you had to become slightly like a host because mm-hmm. you had to bring the bottle Yeah, bottles but at the time, stuff, right? bottle
4: service wasn't even. A yeah. conversation. I'm yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah, this yeah is, no, no for sure. <laughs> and this is like the 90s also. No, no, but yeah, I mean, liquor, alcohol is not even a conversation. Yeah. If I could sneak it, but at the time I wasn't drinking. Like I wasn't 21, so it was like all I wanted to do was put these fires on the cars, put yeah. these things out, and get this going and make money, right? So then, I graduate high school, mm-hmm. right? All Indian boys must be doctors or lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to college, right? <laughs> I go to UCSB thinking that I'm going to go now. Even though I did, I got not great grades in high school. I did enough to get to college, and um. I went up to school and I was like pre-med. And let's be real, I didn't want it as bad as the other kids. The kids were waking up at three in the morning, going to class, studying till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I didn't have the bandwidth. And I looked around and there was like wide open season to start throwing parties. Yep. So there was like Santa Barbara's got a great Isla Vista walk around and drink at houses, but they didn't have any clubs. Like they had like one or two 21 and over clubs. And I started an 18 and over party. And at the time, electronic music was on the downswing, and hip hop was coming up. Mm-hmm. So you had a kid in me that didn't know anything about hip hop. I didn't grow up with parents that were listening to all this cool shit. Didn't happen, right? So I'm figuring out. So
0: you were like a rave kid, in the beginning. In I was like school? a rave kid at the beginning. Right. Interesting. And then it,
4: and then it converted, and so then hip hop was kind of like growing. It was like emerging, like like Dr. Dre and like you couldn't listen to NWA at my house. You're crazy, bro. No chance that shit was playing in my house, right? I didn't yeah. even know NWA was, but like so I started learning about Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and then so what would happen is, is at my party, I would turn the CDs over and I would look for the record companies and then I would call the record companies and I would try to book the acts at my club. Dang. So then I started doing shows, rapping forte, drew down, funk dubious. Like I one by one started doing shows at, and in Santa Barbara, I did shows with everybody. Man, As a promoter, oh, like everybody in hip hop, effects De-, De La Soul, um, Redman, and Method Man. I even had Notorious B.I.G., but he no showed. But like uh, I had Keith Murray, I, like you name it, one twelve, like everybody. Never was
0: saying that you were the first, right? The first to bring on Mob Deep. First, the the,
4: and they rapped about it. I was the first person to bring Mob Deep to the West Coast. They rapped about yeah, it. Yeah, they put What's it the song. i don't know what song was but they were like come to california and go to santa barbara they did that because i remember it was a big deal
5: damn Damn, because
4: at the time what it was 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 like on your promo tour as an artist you would come and you would do jamaica house in la and then you do my club in santa barbara so Mm. it was like a tuesday wednesday proposition my club was on tuesday and jamaica house was on wednesday so if you were doing promotion to promote a new record a new project you, you you would come through this run and that's kind of how it evolved into the record business. Once record companies realized I was doing that, then they started hiring me as street teams. They're like, shit, if you're going to be putting flyers on all these cars, you might as well be putting flyers for our music on these cars. And when you're going into those clubs, give those, clubs the, give those DJs the vinyl for our new records, and here's some CDs. So I was winning all the way across the board. The DJs were excited to see me because they got the new wax. Right? The club promoters were excited to see me because they would get albums that they could give away at their clubs or T-shirts or whatever. And then I'm putting out flyers on all the cars. The record company's happy. I'm invoicing them like a retainer to just be street team promotion guy.
0: Wow. What do, you, what do you attribute to your success in the beginning like that? Your diligence? What, what was motivating you at that time? I think I'm just addicted to the hustle. I don't think it's... I don't really think... I just like...
4: I think if it was selling cars, it would be the same thing. I just like the, the transaction. Mm -hmm. I like the feel.
0: And then you were just hustling. You were doing street promotions, right? And you were were juggling record labels. How did did you get the contacts with record labels and all this stuff? I was telling you, I was
4: flipping the CDs over (laughs) and it would say Capitol (laughs) Records. That's like the old school shit. I would call 411 and I would call up there and I'd ask for the promotion department. And then I'd call 411. And And then they would usually tell you at the time, they would tell you to fax a proposal. And so then I had this proposal, like, all decked out of what I did, and I faxed it to him. Dude, you have to do it 20, 30 times, and then finally someone might pop their head up and call you back, and then you're, like, you're trying to do it. I mean, I did mac Ten's first show ever. He gets mad when I keep reminding him, and I know I paid him. <laughs> and and I, I paid him, like, $1,200, and I know his limo up and back was more than $1,200. It's crazy. Like, and I, and I just remember, like, I remember it was his first show ever. It was up there. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Full life.
3: <laughs> yeah. How was the reaction when you brought out these um, East Coast DJs to the West Coast? Did the West Coast like Wait them? What do you mean East Coast? East Coast rappers. I mean, East Coast rappers. East Coast rappers. Yeah,
4: they, I mean, if I was bringing them out, they had songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't bringing out, like, I wasn't discovering new talent. Most of the, most of the stuff I was doing was was on the radio. It might have been on the radio in LA, mm-hmm. and I might have been introducing okay. Santa Barbara to it. But it, it, it's, it's almost the backwards thing. In my college, I had the credibility of all the kids. Kids knew if I was bringing someone to town, it was going to be popping. Mm-hmm. But most of those kids knew what was up. The kids that were coming to the club, they knew yeah. what was up. Whereas I, I probably didn't, they did. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So t- tell me about uh, the Shy song, Where I Want to Be with Nate Dogg.
4: Right, so... One of my, well, my, my first partner, his name was Damien Young. Yeah. Like, he was a producer, and so we formed a production company. We had four companies. We had a producer, co- a production company, publishing company, a management company, Jeez. and an entertainment company, right? And so he, he found this act, and he wanted to produce them. Um, and um, that's how, I mean, he got Nate, and he got Corrupt, and they put it out. And, you know, Where I Want to Be song was a big old hit. Yeah, yeah it, was, it. it was
3: popping in New York also. Yeah, that's I mean, it, I mean, really, is is KG
4: from Naughty did the track. And um, and, uh, and uh, Nate Dogg just killed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched Nate Dogg record it. And, like, I remember he went in and he did, like, his parts. And then he came back and he did another pass. And then he came, like, it was like there was all these blanks in it. And then he came in and he was like, you say. And, like, he put all the parts in. I was like, I couldn't even understand how he had the vision to do one pass and then come back in and put his mm-hmm. other parts
0: in. I was like, oh, Just shit. layering on multiple tracks all of his vocals, right? Yeah. yeah. And just having everything fragmented. Well, and no, he, it it's together, a, the right? way he
4: sings is like, you see how
1: I do
0: the
4: yeah. and then, yeah. you get, Like, the way, it's hard to explain, but if you know the song yeah. and you listen to it, just you like could, the different
0: octaves. And you, you could, you, yeah. yeah. But no, no, but then that would be on one track, and then he'd go on another track and lay the, the second layer <laughs> of vocals or Correct. fill in the words and stuff like fill that. It, yeah.
4: Fill in the words is probably more... Yeah. Ar- yeah. It's more
0: yeah, accurate. Or doing like what would they call that punchins and shit. They would yeah. Punchin, yeah, puncherman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Pretty much. So then wait wait. So what was you responsible for that record? You. Were-
4: I mean, I, I I helped with the promotion, but mm-hmm. I owned half of the song
0: back then. Promote promo, promoting a song like that through Street Team. What, what did that? Entail? No, we
4: were we were his manager too. It, wouldn't, uh-huh. it wasn't that. So he was signed to MCA. Yeah. So I, at that and I owned half of the label that put that song out. Yeah. So what I would, was the label. Well, it was called Baby Re, but it was through MCA. So um, I, I think at the time, I, I wasn't, I didn't know one one hundredth of what I know now. So I didn't know anything about the process or anything. And I think that at the like, I always think that I always understand that whatever I think I know now, somebody two or three years older than me knows way more. Whether you believe it or not, whatever you think you know now, you don't know shit. So what I knew then, I didn't know shit. And what I know now, and probably what I know in five years. I probably now don't know shit right like so so um I, like at the time we were more like management let's say uh-huh. so even though the si- song was signed to our label i mean we we're just figuring it out dude i don't know it's 26 27
0: 25 so then, did you just there? start trying to book him shows out of cali and- yeah we were
4: booking him shows I was, we'd go on promo tours we literally just figuring it out try to record his album you know in the studio a lot like um you know, recording, trying to get them on features, and this is after college, right? Yeah, this is after college. So, that, but at this, and at the time, I'm starting to do make show, street team. I'm like at the time, Ja Rules coming out, at the time Ashanti's coming out, uh, at the time Murder Inc is like emerging. You know, mm-hmm. At the time, Ludacris is coming out, and you know, maybe like two or three years later, you know, Little John hits me up on MySpace.
5: <laughs> oh shit! Yeah
0: so how, how did this all emerge where you met vice and five and all of these guys
4: i mean i met vice because he was on the street team at power 106 mm. so um the first dj i ever managed is was e-man uh, and oh, so wow. he, he was mm. at the time probably the mix show coordinator at power 106 and my partner in all the companies was the assistant program director of power 106 so he was like you should manage these djs and then I met Vice, Vice, was a little chubby kid with glasses. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't know anything about partying. I was like, bro, you're boring. Take a shot. Loosen up. And uh, um, then Vice, then, then me and Vice were going to Vegas and um, there was a club called Babies. Yeah. And uh, like Which we, was
0: Body English in the Hard Rock, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah.
4: And so Obi-Wan was like the resident <clears throat> there. And and then um, Chad Palace and Dig Dug were Chat uh, okay, and, and jb card. jb king from kouc were kind of like the resident djs there and so then after vice and i had went to um to bodying i mean to babies. babies enough time we were like okay we should get obi 1 in and then after all those trips i think oh i don't want to rewrite history but i believe obi 1 <laughs> and 5 were kind of cool just because they were the two vegas kind of guys right yeah. so we had dig dug and those guys and then like i think it kind of morphed from from uh uh obi-wan to grabbing five to you know grabbing i don't know echo somewhere in there came along and and that it just kind of grew from there and then the the step to new york was when i moved to new york for um for universal mm. they they gave me an opportunity to move to new york and when i moved to new york my first step was like vice i got to get a new york dj i can't be out here alone and he was like, You got to meet Rock to Kong. I meet this guy wearing skinny jeans, smoking a cigarette with his legs crossed. I'm like, Oh, where am I? With <laughs> <Yeah. What laughs> a, uh, huh? a skateboard leaning around. No, I mean, like, <laughs> we're kind of the opposite, but like, he was down to give it a shot, and I was down to give it a shot. And like, we just, like, he was super talented. So it was like, you know, but for the fact that he quit, he might be like one of the biggest right now. You think so, huh? Yeah, absolutely. He was killing it.
0: What yeah. do you think it was, in your opinion?
4: i think that he had just come to a crossroads where he could no longer play madonna at twelve thirty at night mm-hmm. and i think that he was he just was having anxiety of playing and i don't think that he, that's where he saw himself in 10 years and he made a life choice to make something else i mean at the time his mixtapes were the best mm-hmm. like, they were great right like everybody every time he would finish a gig i'd get the call the next day like this guy killed it mm-hmm. like he was doing great his money was good he was like I was helping him with money to buy equipment to do his production because his production was really good. He was right there. But I just think he had, like, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he had a, an epiphany of I don't want to be 50 doing this anymore. So yeah. I'm just going to give it up. And, you know, you got to respect that.
0: So as far as uh, you working with Five and, and OB and in getting Vice and then really, I mean, Scam Artist, when I think of it, the branding and marketing that you've done, For that agency is it doesn't compare to other agencies or any other management companies for djs and i want to know where that came from
4: well so somewhere along the way i split my company with damien and uh, from
0: power 106 right right
4: so so power 106 actually initially owned half of it right so um half of scam well half of baby yeah the the, the other entity right so so um we got into a fight we split our company i tell this guy gumby to help me with the name of my new company. And I tell him, I say, hey, listen, you might be naming the next Sony one day. So, like, you got to come with it. Like, and I'm not the creative type that can come up with names and, like, stuff like that. So he was the, my graphic designer and he was also a promoter at the time and he's still a promoter. And we worked together. So I might like, come up with it for him. He's like, all right, cool. And then, like, two weeks later, he comes up to me at the Hollywood Athletic Club and he's like, I got it. And I'm like, all right, what is it? And he's like, scammers. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> And he's, I'm like, it sounds so shady, bro. And, yeah, he's yeah. Like, and he's like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool. He's like, he's like Sujit Kundu Artist Management. And I was like, ah. and he was like, I'm like, awesome. And the guy's like, I don't know ah. what your problem is. He's like, there's Death Row, there's Murder, Inc., there's Bad Boy. And I'm like, I just don't feel like a company like Pepsi is going to be like, oh, yeah, let me cut a check to scam artist. Sounds shaky to me. So at the time, we maybe had like seven or eight DJs, and I asked the DJs. And I think four were like cool, and four were like kind of had the same apprehension as me. And then he goes, and then he comes back to me like a few days later, and he's like, no, no, he's like, look it. And I'm like, yeah, and he's like, DJ Neva on the T-shirt on one side, and on the other side it says, I'm a scam artist. And like that concept just yeah. like clicked in my head. And so then I started doing billboards. Right. I, I was like, yo, we like, because the I'm a scam artist like resonated with me and like, because it meant more to just, than just like a DJ company. So then I started like, i started it's
0: kind of like a negative connotation with a positive thing around it yeah yeah Uh
4: so i was i was into it i I was sold and so that's kind of why i started like
0: yeah because that was everywhere everywhere and it was like uh that was i mean i guess a lot i
4: I, I think too i think too is like my belief at the time and maybe still is is that you know you know our listenership was 0.001 percent of the population we're cool in a in this very small population of people that go out in the club mm-hmm. and i was trying to make it more mass appeal and i so i was trying to market it so somebody like a crooked or a Neva or a whoever could go from being just this club dj to be recognized in other markets in other cities and there wasn't really a lot of platforms to do it at the time there's no social media at the time mm-hmm. right so there's no you know we're looking at 944 magazines and things like that to like yeah. help us increase our platform and to make us you know and at the time a billboard was like the biggest shit in the world it was a big deal yeah Yeah.
0: especially in vegas to be on a on a a billboard billboard. yeah Yeah. 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 did he come up with the logo as well
5: my other friend nerve
4: drew it okay so uh yeah he he drew it on a napkin and then he gave it to me that's
5: i don't think there's too many other agencies that have that kind of a logo presence right and i think that thing like kind of resonates through the dj community and now like even people that aren't djs know that logo
4: but yeah, appreciate
2: it. That logo oh. even looks scribbled. Like, There's a graffiti like, artist that did it, though. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he did really it. did it in a napkin. That's dope. Yeah, He did it, yeah. I always wonder where scam artists came. Like, the name? No, nah, I know. Now you know.
0: So when you were branching out, because you obviously started in Cali and L.A. and stuff like that, then you branched out. You went to New York. You started collecting. I mean, you linked up with dudes in Miami. Mauricio, right? He was one of the Irie, first. Irie was the first. Irie? Yeah.
4: yeah. I mean, the trip was, we went the we vice and i were playing in miami and we had met irie a few times yeah and so we invite irie out or somewhere or another we go to dinner and you know at the time like djs didn't really want to pay for anything and i just remember irie paid for dinner and like it kind of blew me away right and then we went to mansion that night and i think vice and irie or some combination was playing and we had such a good time the next day i was like yo irie you got to be on scam And he was like, "Yo, I'm in. I want to do it." And that's kind of how that happened. And then from Irie went to Mauricio,
0: and it just started spreading and and going around. And then around this time, I guess there were other smaller or other competitive like DJ management or agencies starting to pop up, right? Mm -hmm. More and more and more. I I remember I was part of one. We were like undisputed, right, with Zach Gittman and Mike Drummond. They were in San Diego. Like they were working with me in fashion. And I got you guys signed, Scooter, Mm -hmm. uh, Sid Vicious, and there was like a handful of other motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. I think
4: think over my life, there's always been a few other agencies. But I think it's fun for two or three years. And then I think you have to decide if you have the stamina to go five, six, seven, eight. Like, do you really want to, do you really? really, And and you're going to have challenges along the way. You're going to lose people. You're going to gain people. It's really hard to maintain a staff. And then you know, if you really want to, if you really don't have one or two guys that's keeping the lights on, it's like you got to you, you got to keep trying to grow. And then you, if with growing becomes more responsibility, you have to legitimize your company more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm licensed; most people aren't, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, like it's a lot of different things, right?
0: So, in, in the beginning, with you and Vice, right? Because when AM started Dexstar, that was like a big competitor at the time, right? He yeah, actually
4: it actually. At the, before they started Dexstar, they wanted
0: to do it together. They mm-hmm. wanted to work with you. Yeah. And do you, A.M., Vice, and Aoki, everyone, Aoki, everybody. everyone together. Uh-huh.
4: Because yeah. they felt like if we had
0: everyone under one roof, we'd be under control. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Why, why did that work out?
4: Um, I mean, I think, truthfully, I think, I don't think Vice loved the idea of, I think he was at the top at Scam, right? And I don't think, one, he loved the idea of that merger, right? I think the independence was cool. And I didn't, and the business end of it, we LV and I couldn't get straight. Mm. Right? Like LV and I couldn't get the 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 business straight. I didn't want it, and they also wanted to get rid of the name scam and I didn't want to. At the time they wanted to call it, I think it was like disc jockey agency or something. And I, I didn't want to get rid of scam.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And so like Vice, obviously if he was part of an agency with um, AM, he would have been kind of, Number two. Number two, yeah. Right. So, in the initial, when Vice was starting to bubble in LA, in the clubs and stuff like that, AM was really instrumental in putting him on, like, right? Yeah. Kind of having him, like, cover for him and stuff like that. Yeah. Were you around during those times? For sure. 100%. And were you not, you were probably his boy? Where were you managing him at the time? Were I was his agent at the you time. You were. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you were telling him, and take the
4: gigs. Let AM, like, AM was skimming, like, if a gig was 500 bucks, AM probably skimmed two or three hundred of it. And gave like him just like, just get in there.
0: Just get in there. Just get in there. So how did that evolve into, like...
4: Vice would do a good job. Yeah. And then the clients would ask for him back. Mm-hmm. So, like, so he, AM gave him the outlet, but then Vice did a great job. Yeah. And so Vice took, like, if Vice had sucked, he might have not got the call back. But, like, once... And then he built those relationships. And then, you know, it was the same sort of scenario. Like, he opened a lot of those doors for me, but I didn't suck. Right? So since... You know, like, we
0: kind of all helped each other. Yeah, you closed the deal. Yeah. He opened the door and you closed the deal. Exactly. That's interesting. So then, as you start expanding and expanding, I mean, scam artists, and it starts getting crazier, when did you start getting agents and all of this shit?
4: I mean, I had people from the beginning. Really? Right, yeah. So it was in my apartment for a long time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Interesting. That's dope.
4: So it was was in my apartment in Orange County. Uh Uh-huh. It was me and one guy, and then... And then it, when I moved to LA, it moved to LA. And I think at the time, at the, at the peak, there's probably three employees in my apartment. And I realized that it was, three people was a little too many. And then my tenure at, at Universal was coming to an end. So uh, we got the office that we're in now. And at the time we moved in with probably three people. And I think now there might be 16.
0: Did you know that you wanted to expand to like what you have right now and larger or bigger? or were you just kind of going with the flow
4: i know i want to be a full service agency i don't want to i think a large part of the reason it was such a dj agency at the beginning was because i worked for a record company and it would have been it would have been a conflict if i had acts, right so like i think i cleared um scam through um through universal as not a conflict but i cleared it with djs so i so i had two jobs i was an employee of universal for seven years while i had scam and so they cleared djs but they didn't clear me to do acts or other promotion mm-hmm. so so i like had to like kind of keep them separate so then when i stopped at universal then i was like okay now i'm going to be more full service and because i have all these all this knowledge from working at a record label but uh, you know still it's majority of dj agency but i would love to it uh, one day it be rep you know people that could Pop artists too, like or hip hop yeah, yeah. artists or whatever.
0: At, at what point did you feel like you didn't? Because I, I remember, like you said, the DJs would have to co-sign the other DJs before they joined Scam. Mm. And I think after a certain point, you didn't check in with the DJs at all. You just kind of like because uh, it was going to be it was going
4: be, to because once the agency diversified and you had people like Sky, I think Sky went through the votes. I think she got the votes, right? Yeah. But I think that you know now you've got a New York model who who's got an opinion and then you've got, you know, the keep it real DJs. And I, I think at some point I was like, I gotta do what I gotta do for me and not worry about everybody else.
0: So then you just started, so then what, what were you looking for in DJs? Because like you said before, you you know, DJs would come to you and like introduce you to other DJs and stuff like that. So then, I mean, I look
4: at like, I, I was looking for people that were going to open doors for me and the company. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, at the time it wasn't so cutthroat or competitive at the time people were helping everybody. So right. like, you know, a sky might have helped vice. Right. And they might have did the party together or like they might have opened up a door and said, you know, a crooked great. Right now it's like, fuck that every gig for myself. Right. Or like that people aren't trying to share like that. So, you know, if you picked up like a a scribble who was in an MTV world, right? Like he's bringing in Dave Navarro. He's opening us. Like, I, I, what's that saying? Like, all ships, all high tides raise all ships, right? So I was, I'm, I'm of the belief of like we're stronger as a as a as a unit, right? Mm-hmm. So like, when, when like I remember when I put to get put together the our website, I spent a lot of money and. There was no one DJ that would have invested that money into a platform like that. Right. But as a collective, 10 of them were able to use it for free. It's the same scenario as like we have our studios now. I don't think any one DJ would invest to build studios like we have on Sunset and Gower, but I sucked it up and spent the money and everybody's able to reap the benefits at, an, at what is manageable for them.
0: Right, yeah, because at the time, you were like investing in like these videos too. With I them mean, I'm,
4: too, I'm right? always,
1: I'm
0: always, yeah,
4: owners. yeah. I, I mean, truthfully, yeah. Vice did a video with them too. and I saw it, and it was yeah. so great that I was like, "Yo, I'm, I want to try to do this too." I, I'm always looking for. But that was
0: kind of un, unseen at the time when you, when you did that video. I, I think it was like in Miami, and it was in. It was we did, maybe we, doing did, we, did, we did a music, Miami, right? we did a winter music one, and then it was Las Vegas takeover. Vegas. Yeah, yeah and that was yeah. a takeover, and that was insane, and. I mean, did you did you know what you were doing, like kind of like, or you were just like, "Yo, those videos are dope," and why don't we just do a whole video? I mean, I tried. I've I, never that that had never been done before. It literally, I, I think, I created. Saw, I,
4: truthfully, I saw Vice do one. Vice did yeah. Vice did one, and I was like, "This is this is cool." And then I met with them too, mm-hmm. and then when I met with them too, like they came up. They came. I told them what I wanted to do, and I wanted to kind of like see. I, it's again, I, I always believed it was strength in numbers, right? Like I think that the things that we accomplished together were a lot better than the things that we could accomplish alone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a video like that, that takes Irie and and let's just say Vice, okay, Irie's gonna show it to Miami, Vice is gonna show it to LA, mm-hmm. and they're both gonna be exposed to different things like by using each other's platform. Yeah. So that was kind of like, I'm always trying to find ways to like grow everybody, right? So in, in and at, at the time I felt like, shit, if I use D-Miles, if I use Crooked, if I use Jamie, if I use all of you guys together, We've got ten thousand followers, and so maybe you've got a two thousand. You've got two thousand. You've got two thousand. If you just do yours, you're going to be on the same two thousand. But together, you can pimp out his. You can pimp out his. You can all share, and you guys can all grow together. And that's right, kind of right. what I was thinking.
0: So, and then at this time, you were like also expanding to like electronic division, right? I don't remember. Yeah, the EDM division. Yeah, well, because
4: electronic music, well people don't know I already knew everybody in electronic music because that's where I started see, I didn't even
0: know that so yeah. so
4: everybody that was in that so as was electronic music started to I only stopped electronic music because the business went to shit right I didn't stop it because I lost love for it or I lost parties started getting busted like it wasn't the same business so I just evolved with the times right right so mm-hmm. when electronic music started to come back I was like well shit well I might as well see if there's a division here because I already know all those people in that world
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so then why do you think you went to shit though
4: no so what was happening was at the beginning was is that a lot of those parties were map point driven or they were underground or they were warehouse and so as the as people started to realize there was a business in it bad parties started happening so people would go to a party and they'd pay their 20 or 30 dollars and they would say jamie's going to be there and they'd show up and devil's there and they're like i came to see jamie and so they would stop going to parties and so people didn't know which parties were
5: legitimate legitimate
4: and credible Mm -hmm. and which parties were bullshit because they would just see the flyers and they were like fuck this and hip-hop was emerging at the same time so there was a shift in music and the scene kind of went to shit it kind of got too big too fast and then it's now it it had to like come back to reality
0: Mm -hmm. and then during the edm you still have the electronic division for scam, or no? I think
4: somewhere along the way, I just I still have those DJs, but I felt like we should just call it scam again. Yeah, like yeah everyone yeah.
0: should just fall under one umbrella. Was it just too like confusing, or was I it mean, I felt like at the time,
4: time, I felt like at the time, like they wanted to be separated. Yeah, yeah. I, but
0: the EDM DJs didn't want I, I, to mingle with the open format guys, kind
4: of. And I don't think the open the EDM promoters wanted to mess with open format DJs. I think they wanted, they're more of like a pure, like they're cultural and they yeah. wanted to be part of their culture. So, so from a
0: selling point, it was almost like a dessert menu and a dinner menu and you like just handed the EDM guys, the EDM And I think, menu, they, and I think
4: the EDM guys at the time wanted to be, feel proud of their own, of their own division. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like this is us. This is ours. Mm. And so, it, some, some ownership.
0: But through that, you, you signed some, you managed some really big DJs, right? At the time. At one point, you were managing Afrojack.
4: I never managed Afrojack. He hired me to tour manage him. So, Mm. so my company tour managed him for six months. Yeah, Um, but uh, and and, you know, at the same time, we were tour managing Pitbull when he was at like kind of his peak. So,
0: what's the difference, tour managing and? and I mean, tour
4: managing. I had you know, I handle their day to day. So I, I handle their operations on the road. In the case of Afrojack, maybe six or seven people traveling private jet everything from booking the jet to the hotels to advanced transportation ground transportation you're making sure he's collecting his money okay but i have no say in what gigs he does or he doesn't do and i have no say in his management so so i don't you know i'm just kind of like the facilitator right so with pitbull a little larger scale you're dealing with semi-trucks and you're dealing with Production and wow. tour manager and production manager and stage manager and security and you know you're at, when he's Pitbulls on tour you're dealing with the staff of maybe
0: 300. Was that educational? Oh, right. or you already had a, a background in that kind of. I already had stuff?
4: a background in it. I was already look. I never did an arena tour on my own, so that definitely you learn as you go. But I yeah. like so I don't want to say that I. Afrojack was. I had already had I'd already been working with Pitbull, so I'd already had those jet relationships, but. Pitbull was the first time I'm booking private jets, like, really booking them, yeah. right? Like, so, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't book them for myself. So he was the first artist that I had that was, like, consistently flying private and, like, you know, learning about times and jets and how much they cost and everything.
0: That sounds like it, t- it consumes a lot of your time. To me, it, it consumes I mean, a lot of look, time. I mean,
4: in the case of, like, a Pitbull, I had three people in my office working on it. Wow. So... Mm. What, so, are, what are the
0: benefits of that to you and does it does it kind of leak over and affect also the other scam yeah, artist stuff i
4: think again it opens doors the guy's yeah. the guy's doing arenas right so he's doing television he's doing halftime at the dallas cowboy stadium that's all about relationships and like you know maybe when i meet when i'm meeting those people those relationships might not translate right away but their relationship to again once you open the door i make that relationship and three six months down years two years down the line they're like oh yeah I already know him I dealt with him we're good yeah right so he did New Year's Eve in Times Square like he's did crazy shit right like I went to India with Pitbull he did like the IPL Cricket League ceremony 70 million Indians I'm like I'm in there with my homeland I'm <laughs> like what up <laughs> home
0: what do you, what do you see the, the future in what Scam Artist is doing and how much has the nightlife changed to you and how much have the DJs changed to you like oh. the game itself I mean, I, the future for scam. I, I,
4: I I'm very optimistic. I, I we're growing, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've got some announcements coming, you know. Um, so I, I don't. I think, I think the thing is, is that the DJ business is a little tricky now, right? Because there's a lot of DJs, right? right. And there's mm-hmm. so there's a lot of nepotism, right? And what I mean by that is everybody's got a friend, mm-hmm. so everybody every manager or booker is trying to put on their cousin, their sister, their brother, right? Like so, you've got a lot of nepotism, right? And then mm-hmm. you've also got, you know, a a a a group of DJs that are re, that have been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And so what's probably norm to them is no longer norm, right? Mm-hmm. And they're sitting around as a group frustrated Right in the sense that they want, they believe that because they've put in X amount of years or X amount of time, they're entitled to time served, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and which yeah. isn't the case. So you have to think about what you would have did as a 22 year old and what you're willing to do as a 35 year old, right? So your willingness to do things is different, and the things that motivate you and make you happy are different. So 15 years ago, you know, you, you know, I, I remember. A famous record exec told me that, you know, he was like... He knew this, this this big songwriter, and the guy was writing hit after hit after hit because when he was 21, he wanted to fuck pussy, fuck pussy, fuck pussy, pay his rent, fuck pussy, fuck pussy, fuck pussy. And now he can't write hits anymore because now he's just trying to keep his daughter off the stripper pole. Right? Like, he, like, his life has changed. right Now, now right. he's got money, right? He's got a family. He's got a daughter. Mm. He, his, his, his life and his priorities... And his hunger of change, so his ability to write songs that motivate or do things—they've changed, right? So, as a DJ, is when you get older, what you're willing to do now—you know—you might phone it in, you might show up to the club and leave, right? Where somebody else is going to the dinner, going to the after-party, promoting, posting, doing a video recap—I I don't know what the scenario. Is. So, I think that what's kind of the norm is is evolving, you know, with Instagram and with social media and with all these things, and. and You've got to find a balance of the influx of a 1,000 million DJs now, right? Because technology yeah. has made it so anybody could DJ, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so before you had to suck it up and go buy records, carry records, find the records. Like there's all kinds of right. – like yeah. you couldn't just tomorrow become a DJ. You had to go find 10,000 records. You had to put right. in work. You had to put in work. Not so it's
0: so instantaneous. you got the yeah. library. You're in. And, yeah. t- and
4: the, the, the mixers can get you close. <laughs>
0: Well, what do you think of, like, a, like a, I guess the, the, the I guess the, what would you call them? Inf- influencer DJs? Yes, yes. that's the, the social the, media What, do, what do you think of those social media-driven DJs?
4: I think they're being booked to fulfill a purpose, right? The person that's booking them doesn't necessarily, look, look let's be clear. At the beginning, people might have booked Sky because they also wanted her in their dress, right? They yeah. wanted her to market their dress, and they wanted her to promote their thing. So I think... Good for those people. They're they're fulfilling um, a need for the club, and the, the scary thing is is that you can't be mad if an influencer has three four million uh, followers. The mm-hmm. the thing about the clubs is is they're very savvy. They're watching ticket counts. They're watching bottle sales. They they know what they did the last year, mm-hmm. and if they book somebody, whether it's an influencer or someone else, and it moves the needle for them, then they're trying to they're trying to run their business successfully. Because if they were booking that person they opened that door and they walked in that door and they didn't deliver for them. What you consider delivering is different to everybody, right? So they're obviously delivering for someone or they wouldn't be being asked back.
0: So Raktakon made a statement, uh, I don't know, a few months ago on our show. And, um, you know, there's this kind of like, there's this kind of uh, Twitter hashtag, Instagram hashtag of like real DJing, you know, like, uh, and there's all these like kind of goats and pot and like og dj's pushing like all you got to do is be a good dj all you got to do is be a good dj and ratikan said kind of came off and said you know what that's kind of bullshit you know really doesn't matter if you're a good dj you know your story and what your marketing is more important than that and some some good djs have the story that they are good djs that is their marketing that they are good djs but you know my my
4: my feeling is why can't you be both (laughs) Why yeah. can't you be a good but DJ? But what's
0: more important to you, do you think?
4: I don't think anything's... I, look, look, I think at the end of the day, I always... This is my line, right? Everyone's like, what makes a good DJ? Right? Yeah. And I'll say a good DJ... Let's just... I'll say a good DJ can do three things, right? Yeah. No, I'll say, I'll say DJs do three things. You can sell tickets, you can sell bottles, or you can bring girls, mm-hmm. right? The good DJs will do all three, right? So if you want to be the guy who's making... 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 a night, then you're going to need to be justifying that to someone, right? If you want to just be a good DJ and play a cool party and play for fun for $250, go do it. But don't be mad at somebody else because you know, like like the chain smokers wouldn't be being asked back to the win if whatever they were doing wasn't translating for the win,
0: mm-hmm. right? So but but you do agree at some point <laughs> DJs were expected to promote more because I, I, there was a certain point where DJs were expected to promote more for the club than usual because back in the day there were just promoters who used to promote the club and they just wanted a competent DJ well, I, I who think, could I hold th- down the I room i think
4: what's happened now is is that the competition has just elevated the same as there's more DJs there's more clubs yeah right so in order to in order to justify everyone's existence they have to you have to everyone has to pitch in right mm-hmm. so i don't look it. i don't think that those bigger DJs are being asked as much of as the smaller DJs, right? So I think that, you know, I don't think anybody's asking Calvin Harris to do a bunch of stuff because his name and his recognition and his thing, he's sellable. He probably shows up and does his gig, maybe an Instagram post and keeps it moving, right? But if you're not, if you're not Calvin Harris and your name's not translating into that and your music's not translating into that and you're Sujit and you wanna wanna charge $1,000, but, Jamie's willing to do the same job for eight hundred dollars. You got to justify why you're worth two hundred dollars more, mm-hmm. and that's just the reality. And if you're not going to do it, and you're just going to say I've been doing this five years longer, you're probably going to lose in the long run.
0: So, what's some of the stuff that you were hearing on our podcast from other DJs that kind of upset you, or that you felt that were like that weren't uh, that weren't accurate? Some of the information. Well, nothing
4: upset me because. <laughs> Like, By the
0: way, I bleeped out your name. No, no, I mean like you could
4: have left it in because really like people are entitled to their opinion. But I, I you know, the only thing that I feel is like I don't want to be misrepresented, right? So yeah so, you know, I, I think that oftentimes DJs huddle up amongst themselves and they come up with a reality that's not really reality.
2: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so explain ap- though.
4: Like so The four of us. We keep meeting, we keep meeting, we keep meeting, we keep saying the same thing. Right. And after 10 times, we believe that that's reality. But Mm -hmm. in reality, it's not reality. Right? So, I I mean, I think someone referenced that they they thought that, you know, they would send gigs over to me and I would give them to someone else. That's ludicrous. Like, I don't do that. Like, there's a lot of things I am. I'm not a liar. Well,
0: like, for example, let's say somebody calls you up and they're like, I want Never. Right. And you're like, well, Never's 2,000. And they're like, well, I got 1,500. And they're like, well, he can't do it. And then he's like – and then Guy's like, well, that's my budget, 1500 And you're like, well, he can't do it, but I got this dude, Jamie, and Jamie could do it for $1,500.
4: That scenario wouldn't happen. I think at that point
0: is – that, Is that kind of bad practice, though, in your opinion? Well,
4: wait. Let's rephrase. Yeah. Let's say they call for Little John. Yes. And they say they have 5000 Yes. Okay, that's not in the ballpark of something he's going to consider. Yeah. I might offer someone else. I, 100% I would say, you know what, that's not for him. But is there something else that works within your budget that I have that fits? Because he's not in the ballpark. Right?
0: Now, now, let's say it's a high-profile event or if it's something high-profile. Still not in the ballpark. For it's still God. not in the ballpark. And Little John wouldn't even want to know about it. No. If it's not even near what they're going to pay. Not,
4: I, I, we have that relationship yeah. to where I know what he's willing to take. And I know what I – if I felt like it was something that we needed to do for a relationship yeah. or for a look – then I would bring it to him. Okay. And I've, and I've had done, I've, we, we have enough mutual trust for each other that there's Uh no, I'm not going to cut him short right now. Now let's just say it's 10,000, but they have eight.
1: Uh
4: And if I think it's close enough, then I might call him and say, Hey, before I say no, are you thinking the same way I'm thinking? Or what are you feeling? Or how do you feel? Like, what's your thought process? And he might be like, nah, let's do it or not. Nah, you're right. Like whatever it is, we're in cahoots. Let's be clear. Uh Like, 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 we know what's going on. Yeah. Now, that being said, you call for Crooked and Crooked's not available. Am I trying to get Neva in? 100%. 100%. I'm but trying to keep the business in-house.
0: So, do you think that could have possibly happened with which no. one of the guys that said it? No.
4: Listen, if they're not available, but you got to understand that works both ways, right? So, the opposite could have happened that that other DJ couldn't have been available and I could have been like, use him. So... Like that's the benefit of having an agency. I'm getting these calls, and if somebody's not available, or if somebody can't do it, you might stumble into something that you might have not been able to get. But you know, the, the the opposite happens where, you know, you you know what I'm saying. You might you might have to give something up that you might or not. Given.
0: But sh- shouldn't not you let the person know, like, no. that like yo, this came into the table. You're not available. No. Do you want me to rebook it for another date?
4: No, because I'm gonna try to rebook it for another day anyways. That's uh-huh. my job. Like. Like that—that's redundant. But then
0: shopping it to somebody else, don't you think you should check in with that person? No, absolutely not. You think you have the right to shop another person in? A hundred percent. It's like a car dealership, bro. Well, how do y'all feel about this? Like D and and
3: never. I I, I yeah. totally agree. I understand where Suja is coming from. because yeah. he want to keep the money in the family? Yes. So, no, no.
4: Like it's not even keep the money in the family. That, I want to co- keep, keep the connection in the family. I, I want to keep the call from going somewhere else because if the call goes somewhere else. But when, as long as it stays here, yeah. I can manage it, right? If the call goes to another agency and, I mean, they yeah. li- and they yeah. like that other person, now that agency's got an open door into something that I don't want them to have an open door. Right, right,
5: right. If I'm not available for a gig and then I find out that you got it crooked, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, at least I know the homie got it Yeah. versus someone that I don't even know.
4: But, but but just so you know, it's not mine. It's not necessarily my decision who they go with, right? right? So they're giving me parameters. They're saying, okay, we want we want D, Okay, so D miles isn't available. They're giving me parameters. We've got a thousand dollars to spend. So now I'm gonna look and I'm gonna see who's open and who's within that ballpark, and I'm gonna give them three or four or five options, and then I'll say, do you want a couple more options or are you good here? Because you got to understand, not only am I trying to keep you happy, I'm trying to keep them happy. So I'm not gonna send. I'm not gonna send skyneller to do a ju- gig that i think crooked could do there are two different ballparks right like you got to send apples and apples like you can't send something wrong because if that wrong person goes over there and then they fuck up now i'm in a whole load of shit they're like yo why'd you send me this bullshit and i lose, I lose also you, you don't want to lose that client i don't want to lose that client
5: yeah
0: but i i think there are like there are sensitivities with certain djs though like what he's saying is is not very different from what one of our guests actually was addressing no mm-hmm. no
4: what that guest was saying was they would call for him and then i would give them to someone else
0: because they were they were booked somewhere else oh, well, yeah again. yeah i yeah. mean i would do that 100%. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll do it again
4: like, but i think what what he was like this let's just say light calls right yeah and they call for you yeah right first thing i'm probably going to do is i'm going to try to manipulate the month so you all eat right so mm. if i can keep it so if light wants you three right and they want you on a date and you on a date and you on a date, if I could switch you two around or I could switch you two around and make it so you guys live, I'm doing it. You guys are living, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's just say I try my best to finesse it so that happens and then it doesn't work, right? right? And then I have to bring in another person, right? That doesn't mean I'm still not trying to finesse him something next month or move something around. At the end of the day, I'm trying to like, we're trying to win. We're Mm -hmm. all here with the same Mm -hmm. goal, right? And so, I know who needs what. I know who has a shortfall. I know who has a little excess. I know who might miss something. I know. I I know. Trust me. Y'all talk. And I hear everything. Right. So you have to understand that I see over the eyes of through the eyes of 100 people. Right. So I don't see through the eyes of two or three or four people. I see through the eyes of 100 people. So I know more about the business and the politics probably than anybody.
0: Interesting. But I have a question. Let's say uh, someone calls me up for a gig. Right, and let's say, you know, Scratchy's the homie, right? I love Scratchy. But let's say there was a rivalry, even though me and Scratchy are on the same management company or agency, there's a rivalry. Like, we're very, like, he's very good, and we're almost, you know, we're both Asian. Truth truth be told, I try not to have that on my roster. (laughs) Well, it can happen, though, right, sometimes. But I'm just saying, let's say there is a guy that I just know, like, yo, I you know, I'm a little threatened by that dude. And then, like, I get a call for, you know, someone calls me. Yeah, but me I, don't know that, I
4: don't know that scenario. If I knew that scenario, I would be conscious of it. You would but be I, conscious. I would be conscious of it. But I don't know that scenario. Okay. If I knew that scenario, if I knew someone would be bummed out if someone else did something or they felt like a competitor. But the truth be told is when Scam was in its infancy, I tried to stay away from <coughs> from having competitive DJs join.
0: Which is why you checked in with everyone.
4: No. I did that consciously on my own. Mm. I I I did that con- consciously on my own. I didn't do that. I didn't check in for I checked in for, for
0: Well, you didn't want to you didn't want to bring someone in that was going to be like competing for the same markets, right? You All want right. someone that has their own market individually, right?
4: I didn't want to be in a position where I had to choose between two people for the same gig. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't want to be in that position. Okay. Right? So I you know. But but people think that I'm playing God. I'm not playing God. The clients call they have very specific things that they're looking for. And they have very specific things that they're comfortable with. Yeah. And I like, it's, it's rare that I can sell somebody a Buick if they're looking for a Ferrari, like it's Mm -hmm. rare. Like, you know, you like, so, there are. Don't get me wrong. There are yeah. scenarios where people are like, "Oh, just here. I have this budget. Send me who you want, and I'm good. As long as you trust them, I trust you." I, that that does happen.
0: How do you keep track of all these DJs? Because you've been signing. I mean, the roster is crazy right now. It
4: evolves. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not any crazier than it was. Or it, it wasn't. kind of fluctuates. It
0: though. is yeah, a little fluctuate. crazy. I don't I mean, think so it's I mean it's a lot, it's evolved a lot bigger than it was you know let's say I no don't know, I think it's any- pretty
4: consistent because you'd be surprised every like people fall off I don't kick people off but people fall off they make a change they try something else but and then I might add someone but you know if I'm adding someone it's because they have a business yeah mm-hmm. right like I'm not going and looking for you know to add fifty people just to add 50.
0: but you, you I mean there was a there was a point and let's be honest like a lot of the DJs on on the on the team were a little thrown like were thrown i think you did a merger and like 30 djs joined it was like the two roster. two
3: mergers right
0: Yeah, it's two mergers and like 30 i don't know maybe 20 to 30 djs joined all at once and it kind of like i don't know maybe some djs felt like it oversaturated the the roster a little bit i mean i'll, I'll be honest with you i didn't really care because it didn't really affect me. I don't think it affected me. But there were some dudes on the roster, and they here, would talk here, to me. Here, let me put it to you like this, yeah.
4: okay? AM Only was an agency, right? Yeah. Paradigm absorbed them. bottom out, right? Okay? Paradigm now has 80 gazillion clients, okay? Yeah. You didn't see the other people on Paradigm freak out because you absorbed AM Only, and AM Only has ginormous cl- clients, Tiesto, this, like, they're a huge, and they absorbed them, right? So now you hear in the business about UTA maybe buying everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's the business, right? If you want to grow, you have to evolve. And that's not, it's not, it's, it, I think because ours is a little smaller, it's being micromanaged. But what I'm trying to say is it happens on all levels. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, Pepsi absorbs this company. Now all of a sudden they've got 27 sodas. Now they might get rid of three or four or five sodas along the way, but that's how they become, you know, CAA, might buy an agency. So you're eating. calling
0: us sodas now? No, I'm just calling <laughs> <You're> <laughs> all soda pops. Wow. <laughs> You're a diet. You're a diet soda. A diet soda. I, got the, soda. I got the chocolate vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> this is ne- the never soda. I got no, but but but, <laughs> but not
4: even but not but not even that. I'm saying that's what that's what happens. People merge and they absorb and then they yeah. grow and then like you know like you could have the you know the light group merge with another group and now you've got a bigger group. That's sort so of you're crazy.
0: basically saying that everything like these other DJs are filling is kind of ridiculous. To be like I think
4: you need to worry about yourself, right? And yeah, I think you yeah. I, you know, I think all the time you spend worrying about what other people are doing and what this and what that, if you spent it on yourself, on making yourself better, I think yeah. you'd be putting yourself in a better position. Because like like you know, the, the cra- look the crazy thing is is I will say this about my agency, mm-hmm. whether you're a five hundred dollar DJ or a fifty thousand dollar DJ, you can get me on the phone in one ring, right? You're not chasing me you're not looking for me you're not trying to find me yeah right you 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 know i you you said it at the beginning my phones are in my hands right so i'm still looking even though i'm not answering if something comes up that i need i feel like i need to get i'm gonna get it right so you know i i know that you know there are times when agencies get bigger you feel like that person's no longer with you or that person's not longer there yeah i'm here Uh right so and and sometimes i feel like the DJs feel like I might be too busy and they might not want to call me. All that's right. on them, not on me. Right? I'm here, so you can't. Again, you can't put in your own head that I'm not available. I'm available. Now, if you're gonna call me with ludicrous shit, I might be like, "Dude, stop fucking calling me." Right? <laughs> like, I might say that. I'm not saying I won't. They yeah. <laughs> stop calling me with but this you, bullshit. You're pretty brash, though. I'm not brash. Look, at The thing is, is that you're not brash. The, well, no, no the, no. the thing is, is that look, it. We, we have the same end game right yeah let's just me and d miles we have the same end game right right so now if he's able to tell me something that i think is going to change the needle i'm willing to try it right and if it doesn't work i won't do it again right but now if we try 10 different things and then they don't work i might be like bro listen i've given you the benefit of the doubt let's move on (laughs) right like
0: right like let's give it up so you also have to understand. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no. So, like, if you have a DJ and you're like, "Hey, let's try this ten things," and it doesn't work out for the DJ, you just kind of like, "Yo, dude, we tried." Like, no, I might
4: tell you to try it on your own now.
0: Yeah, like I've given you the shot. Like, but but
4: the thing is, is that I
0: don't know. But- don't don't yell at me. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, not <laughs> I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. No, no. But, but look at look at look, what look, 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 you do. See what we got to go through. No, but- you saw what just happened. <laughs> no,
4: right? but look at let's 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 be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. People be like. Yo, I want to play Tao, right? And my argument is, yeah, I want to fuck Victoria's Secret models. We we all have,
1: we all, we all have,
4: we all we all have we all have what what's within our limitations, right? Like right. You, you have to live within your lane, and you can't say I'd be like I want to play Madison Square Garden. Well, good for you. Like you got to get yourself there, yeah. right? Like so so. If, if, you're, if you're like someone called me and they were like, yo, I got a hit record. Yo, I got beats. I got beats. Yo, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. I'm like, bro, you're not killing it. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because if you were killing it, my, our peers would tell us you're killing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, so don't come to me every day like, yo, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. Yo, last night I rocked it. Guess what? If you rocked it, I would wake up the next morning and I have a text. Yo, your boy is killing it. I might even have a missed call of the two of you. I might even have a video. I might even have other things. Like, I might even have somebody else in the crowd. Yo, I was at such and such last night. Your man killed it. Your this girl, whatever the case may yeah. be, right? Like, there's people, there's, there's people that tell me what's going on. Uh-huh. I don't need you to tell me how great you are, right? right? So, so if you call me like, yo, I rocked it. Then I'm like, all right, cool. They're like, yo, when am I going back? I'm like, I hit the club and they're like, hey, yeah, it's cool. And they're like, yo, when am I going back? And I'm trying not to tell you that you were just okay because I don't want to ruin your day, right? Right. And then you keep poking me and then the reason we're doing this in the morning is because if you catch me in the afternoon, you'd be like, yo, when am I getting that date again? Bro, they weren't happy with you, dude. Honestly, they just thought you were okay and like, <laughs> keep it real. Like, what do you want from me? You keep asking me and I'm trying to nicely tell you that, that yeah. like, that you keep poking me and I'm going to be like, seriously? So you don't, think,
0: you don't think you should tell them the truth but in a, a more constructive way? maybe i don't know how to do that yeah we've talked about that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you need a buffer I, bu- I put i've got one of those you, you got, got buffer yeah. now yeah. okay because yeah. honestly but, but the truth
4: look at the truth yeah. the truth is is that you have to be you have to be able to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are and if you're not willing to accept them and improve on them mm-hmm. you're hitting it you're like i'm telling you the best artists like the best artists the most successful ones they actually listen. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, if you see those A list superstars working, I'm not talking, like, they're working 24 hours a day. They're not giving up. And the way I'm waking up at three, they're waking up at three. And the, the way they're coming up with ideas, like, you know, you speak about a Tiger and you speak about all these guys, he's pushing the tempo. He's got the basketball, right? Like, he's Mm -hmm. coming up with ideas. He's coming up with things. He's got a crew of people that he's asking for their opinion, but he's making his own decisions, right? So you got to make, like, you got to be in charge of your own destiny, right? And you got to find out what's going to make you. Now, you may say that, okay, well, when it comes to styling, D-Miles is my guy. When it comes to, you know, mixes and sound recording, Jamie's my guy, right? Like, when it comes to, you know, flyers and things, I'm going to Neva. You might have, like, look at. I've told you fifty times over to help me with my merch because yeah. I know that this is what I wear every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not qualified to help make cool clothes. I mean, you move that dope It's kind of. I wore it for you. I yeah. wore yeah. for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wore you know, it because it one hundred. <laughs> so, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like you got to find do. people to help you. So somebody, look at when it, something like my merch, right? There's yeah. there's stuff that sometimes i make colors or things that are outside of my box yeah but i show them to the other people in in the office some people are like yo that's whack okay i might throw it away i'm not gonna go into a little fetal position and cry yeah and someone might be like this one's dope okay well all right cool well let's give this one a run and if it doesn't work shit we we don't make a thousand of them but if it works well okay well we we rerun them but like somebody's like yo that video sucked i'm not gonna be like Fuck, did it, does it suck? Like, do I need to redo it? Do I need to refix it? Do I need to make it better? Like, what's the deal? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like so you gotta, you gotta take it in stride and you gotta know that if, if it's me personally, we have the same goal, right? Like seeing you not win doesn't benefit me. Right. So if I'm telling but it's the bottom line. It's, the bottom, it's line. the bottom line. It's the bottom line. Yeah. So if I'm telling you that the managers are complaining about you, it's because I didn't wake up looking for a complaint. I'm not waking up and looking to see, how did Jamie suck today? Okay, mm. fuck. He's wearing shorts. Fucking guy, bro. I hate this guy. Yo, why the fuck are you wearing shorts? Now, if he goes into a club, and the club is like, yo, your man showed up wearing shorts. Like, we have to like, tell him next time to get it together. Like, yo, Jamie, next time you go to the club, don't wear shorts. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Bro, you're not good. They called me. They're upset. No, no, I'm good. I'm good with everyone there. I'm like, listen, dude. <laughs> I didn't wake like. Like, this isn't what I what I set my day out to be like. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: yeah. I was not part it, of it. It's special.
0: really interesting because when I first signed or when I first uh, joined Scam Artists, it took me two to three years to really understand Sujit. And after I understood him, a, like, a lot more, mm-hmm. like, because he would say certain things to me. Like, I'd be like, yo, I just did that gig. Exactly what he, he explained. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, I just did that gig. Did you... Um, Maybe should hit him up and follow up and mm-hmm. follow back. I I'd, I'd hit him up next week and be like, "Yo, did you hear anything from them?" Mm-hmm. And then finally, he'd be like, "Yo, they don't want you. They don't want you." And I'm like, "Well, what about that spice?" Like, but they don't want you either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And but at that time, that shit used to really it I, fuck, I it fuck it, your head up, right? It fucked my head up yeah, as a man. DJ because I lost confidence in myself. Yeah, it would definitely and do that. Man. There was it wasn't the most constructive shit. But you know what I'm saying. But it was it was up to me to kind of like figure it all out a little bit, mm-hmm. and he was just the messenger, obviously. Yeah. But
4: well, well it, it's it's not it's not that. It's that it. it's it. you have to you have to understand that like like everyone like everyone calls me and they're like, "Yo, I crushed it, right?" Right. I get that ten times, twenty times a week. Yo, I killed it, right? And killed it for me is when somebody really kills it. The people call the next day, yeah. and they say, let's get three more dates on the books. They're not waiting for me to wait and hit them, and they're not waiting for me to do this. Like, they call me the next day, and they're like, yo, killed it. Or I get texts. Like, you got like." I'm not in my house, and the thing that people have to understand is is that I've traveled as a DJ. Now, I'm not personally a DJ, but I tour managed Bad Boy Bill at the beginning when he was America's greatest DJ. I was on the road with Richard Humpty Vision. So I'm not telling you to do something that Mm -hmm. I personally haven't already done or wouldn't do. Do you understand? So you have to take it in stride that, like, I might just have more experience than you, and, you know, you might tell me something about a club but I might have seen 18 other people do that same club. And chances are I've been to that club two or three times myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not basing this on a, a, you know, an office guy who's sitting in my office and who's never been on the road and who's never been. I've probably been to more clubs than 99% of the people on my roster because I get the benefit of going to stuff that they might not be invited to because you know, I've been to Moscow with Little John. I snuck on his trip. Yeah. Right? It wasn't my trip. They didn't book me, right? I was with I was in Cannes with Samantha Ronson. That wasn't my trip. That was her trip. But so I get the benefit. But the reason I go is because I want to see. I want to know what's what and I want to know who's who. So so then when I'm telling you these things, I'm telling you these things from a from a fact of trying to help you. I might be like, hey, listen, I've been to this club. This is the person you need to know. This is the person you need to do. This is what if you walk through it like this, Mm -hmm. and if you listen to me. You might be beneficial i got djs that say hey what's the vibe what's the club what's the music like you know what's this what's that
5: i was kind of wondering now in 2019 do you think that there's more value with the radio dj because of your relationships with labels and maybe it's like a thing
4: totally separate i don't think one has any relationship to the. you other.
0: don't think radio like remember back in the day radio djs they like nightclubs did not want a radio dj at okay. all it's a, I, I, it was I, the worst I, I think um but i feel like it's changed i feel like there's more eyes and there's more yeah. followers on a radio DJ now. You know what no, I mean? I don't think that's the case. Really?
4: really? I think they're I think they're unrelated. I think they're I think maybe well, I think maybe back in the day you would book a radio DJ and that might fill your club. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing with with that was is if those radio DJs were bringing a crowd that the let's say Hollywood scene didn't want. Right. But I don't think that. I don't think promoters are buying commercials on the radio to fill their clubs anymore Mm -hmm. so i think that that's kind of gone away
0: no i think i think what happens is that a lot of people are driving they're listening to the radio dj and then they end up following them on instagram so they they, there's a a larger kind of platform to reach more people and and gain more followers through social media
2: i
4: don't think that's the case really not not enough to make a difference
0: really you don't think so no, I, I, I think, I think, but you, you can't disagree that nightclubs when they, when they, when they're booking DJs, they're looking at the DJ's Instagram followers. Yeah, but
4: I don't think any of the radio DJs
0: have Instagram followers to make a difference. Really? No, Yeah. No. I, I think it actually helps. I think it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, it they might ha- it, listen. Think, it might
1: it,
4: look. It might help in your relationship with the artist. Mm-hmm. So if they're booking a certain artist, the artist might have a might have a sense of comfort with you. But I don't think it helps in terms of like. Bookings. I don't think that like, I don't think people are like, he, oh, he's on the radio. He's Olympic killing on book. the radio. No, I don't think that that's, the, I don't, that's never been the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that, you know, a lot of, rela- a lot of bookings now are, are built on relationships and they're built on you living in that community, right? So if there is a particular club or a promoter or what it is, you know, if you're getting invited to their birthday parties or their girlfriend's birthday parties, or, you know, you're going to dinner with them and you live in their world. Whatever that world may be, it may be, you know, there's a fashion world. And if you live in that fashion world, you might get booked in the fashion world. And if you live in the TV or film world, you might get booked in that film and those right. kind of parties, right? So if you live in the, you know, in Vegas and you're, you, you're constantly out with, let's say, the people from Hakkasan Group, you might get booked more in that world. Or if you hang out more with the people from The Win, you, you know, I think it, it beca- I, I don't, I, I've never thought of DJing as a job, I've thought of it as a lifestyle and so i feel like you know you have to be all the way in and i think if you're one of those guys who shows up five minutes before your shift and leaves five minutes after and you don't really talk to anyone but you think you do a great job playing your probably time is 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 going to run out yeah Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. so the social element i mean it's always been important but it's even more important now you feel the relationships absolutely yeah yeah I, i don't just i
4: don't just think like like, you know, it, it, it's a myth that I love to go out. Like, I was watching Game of Thrones last night. Like, I'd rather be home watching TV. But, you know, every year, you know, people get older and there's a new crop of, pe- new crop of people and there's a new crop of promoters and there's a new crop of everything. And if you're not constantly, you know, staying in tune and finding out what's going on and, you know... Uh, you know, I, I do travel a lot, and it's not because you know I I know there's there's DJs that wouldn't travel for for I'm traveling for free. I'm getting the same commission whether I go or don't. Mm-hmm. I could stay at home, but you know you got to get out there. You got to meet these people. You got to see because you know you can't get a relationship over the phone or over text. You got to meet. You know you meet these people. You have a drink with them. You have a, you you spend a moment. You get a slice of pizza in another country. Like whatever the case is, something happens. It's fun. Like you got to have. You got to once you get that experience. So. Whoever I was with in another country, now we've got a bond. Yeah. And so when they come here, I'm their boy from over here. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not willing to invest. You're their boy?
0: Yeah, you know, I got a (laughs) fucking sad world. It's a sad world. (laughs) You're their boy here in the States. Oh, shit. Were you watching Game of Thrones now? You're a Judge Judy guy, right?
4: I haven't watched that in a while. Really?
0: Yeah.
4: It's on my New York DVR. When I've been watching it, yeah, you were obsessed oh. with Judge Judy. Net- Netflix mm. kind of Netflix and the whole like w- the way TV is consumed now is is changed my my. Uh, I mean,
3: you're always on Facebook asking questions like, "Yo, what's a good series to watch on Netflix?" Was,
4: let's be real. Sometimes I get desperate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, did you have, I have a question. Um, not only represent like DJs, but you represent DJ slash producers like Swiss Beats, Mustard. Um, Lil John, how did that come about? Did they come to you or you you um asked them do they want to be represented by Scam? Well most most producers that are like
4: that, they were probably DJs first. Yeah. Right? So, you know, like even like Irv Gotti, he was DJ Irv Gotti and Jermaine Dupree, they were DJs first. So mm-hmm. I think that they just found success in the in the um producer world and then when they when they had the opportunity they wanted to come back. In the case of Little John, he found me on MySpace. Really? So, yeah. So he had already ushered Grammys, everything, and mm-hmm. he hit me on MySpace and I was like, All right, this is a real business. Like like but you know, like I you know, yeah, I think I think if you wanna I think if you want to DJ in the open format world, you know, I'm definitely gonna be among the first three or four calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did
5: he just come to you and be like, yo, I'm trying to get back into DJing? Yeah, he said, need- Listen,
4: he said he said I'm, I'm I wanna not- no, he was DJing at the time. He's okay. like, Listen, I'm DJing. He's like is it cool if my manager calls you so we can talk about um, talk about you know maybe working together? And I talked to his manager and we made the deal. I was with Scratchy in Hawaii. It was like Christmas. He was about to play New Year's, and I remember the call.
0: Yeah, right before the New Year.
4: Right before the New Year's, and his manager was like, "I was like, oh, I'm in Hawaii." His manager was like, "Do you want me to call you later?" And I was like, "No, like I want if we're going to get a deal done, let's get it done right now." Yeah. You know, it wasn't the guy that was going to be like, "Oh, I'm on vacation and call me back." Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get it popping.
0: Actually, I'm very curious to know what is your outlook on. You know, especially in Vegas, like I feel like the big nightclubs are pretty much over, like chaos opened, a huge mega club. and I feel like that might be one of the last mega clubs to open up, and you know, a lot of the younger like generations going to festivals, and I feel like nightclubs really need something different to happen in Las Vegas. and what have you been noticing? Like is uh, the market I mean- dying a little bit? is uh you know what i'm saying is i
4: i would just say you know i didn't if you would ask me at body at babies then you know when we did the deal at body english and tau like if you would ask me then i would have told you there's no possible way this dj money is going to keep going like this like vegas is going to bust they they can't possibly keep building more casinos and more clubs and it's going to come to an end and let's just ride it out while we can that would have been my decision back then or my outlook um now i think that i, I think that it's going to continue i've seen it go up and down like right? vegas had a point where you know after i think 911 it was on its death's door right like everything was 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 horrible there nobody was spending money to go there but it survived and i think vegas will survive it's got the casinos are always full they make money i think that you know it's like everything it's customer acquisition you have to give people what they want and so you know maybe that Maybe that might have to evolve a little, you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of service fees when you buy a bottle. Yeah,
5: yeah. Where you, where you
4: know, like there's a twenty percent, ten percent. You buy a five hundred dollar bottle, it's like nine hundred dollars. You're like, bro, I was struggling <laughs> to get to five. How do I get to nine? Yeah. And then you know, random people are coming and drinking your booze. So I think you probably have to. People are probably going to want more for their dollar. Mm-hmm. And I think that because there's so many clubs and so many venues, the venues have fall, fallen back on talent and put the responsibility on talent and if they don't have a rick ross or a whoever they feel like they can't feel their nightclub and i think that that'll probably evolve a little too and and you know but you know it's the same thing i think that you know i've watched music go up and down the dj business go up and down and you know it's kind of like when it's up, there's all these fair weather friends that pop into the business and think it's fun and mm-hmm. think it's cool and they want to all of a sudden become a DJ. Right. But mm-hmm. It's the same thing as the agency. Let's see what you're doing four years after. Do you have the stamina to really stay in and be in it for the long haul? And if you do and you work on your trade, you're probably going to be all right. You'll figure it out, and I'll help you. Right. <laughs> Here's my number. <laughs> scam
0: orders. <laughs> uh, for the future of scam and what you're doing, I see you like kind of diversifying the talent a little bit more. You're getting like some event hosts in there, and then you're getting some DJs in there, and you're mixing it all up. Are you just trying to see what market is gonna bite and how it's ge- gonna grow and then evolve or expand or? Well, and, you let, know? Let, let,
4: here let's be let's let's air it out, right? Like yeah. I I, I, I want to compete with CAA. I want to compete with UTA. So the same way I tell you is as an artist, if you're not willing to compete with Jay Z and Beyonce, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong world right so at some point like i would like to compete with the best and so you know it's funny i I took a little flack when i started with amber and china but they're making at at their peak they're you're
0: talking about amber rose and black china i took a little flack but you know what what did how did that you how did you get that nick
4: Nick cannon was managing amber right he's the similar to sky he was telling me she was making seventy five hundred dollars for an appearance and i was like i barely i didn't know anything about her yeah i met her she's very nice Right Black China, very nice, they're very nice people. They've been nothing but great and helpful to me. and uh, you know they're actually supportive of the DJs like if they can help one of the DJs or something they would. So whereas the DJs kind of frowned on them, I would say that they were kind of like all in and all aboard. and you know I when I met Black China, she's making five grand a night. at the end, she's on the Kardashians making thirty grand a night. So I don't judge people like that. Mm-hmm. I, I what I know is I want I know that they're nice to me, they're good people. they've never done me wrong. and I know that, I want to be a full service agency. So if it's a country act that walks into my office tomorrow and we think we can make it happen, I want to give it a shot because who knows where this is going to end up in 20 years. But I know that it's it's like scam is ridiculed for, or scrutinized, not ridiculed, scrutinized for my moves. But if you were on a bigger CAA or something it wouldn't Rock Nation has Spanish artists nobody's telling them like what's wrong with you they got boxers nobody's judging them but mm-hmm. it's like oh well you're not them well shit I want to be them one day right, like right. I want to come I, I want to seat next to them I don't want to yeah. be sitting in the seat behind them so don't don't hold me to a different standard that you would hold you know any other major you know entertainment brand or company right like like that, I don't think that
0: that's fair Is is it is it even realistic to see an agency and think the smaller the agency, the more successful it could be, in just kind of flourishing the select clientele that they're holding? And it's like because they're giving so much more attention to that small roster that they can kind of nurture and build it up so that, and still be successful. It, Is it, that it, possible?
4: It, it, I mean, listen, it, it's what you're looking for, right? Like, I don't look, I. I I feel like that would be a legitimate argument if you said
0: that. Like quality over quantity, you know what I mean? Like, and I think, like, I'm just curious to know that because I've spoken with other dudes and they're just kind of like, uh, like, I'm, you know, we're being well, totally let well, Hold
4: yeah. on. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah.
0: Define quality, right? And is quality
4: enough for me to pay my bills? right so
0: right so because
4: you gotta you gotta think about what quality is and this quality ability to pay my bills and support my lifestyle support my goals right Right. so i could pick six people that you think are quality yeah might not be enough to pay my rent Mm -hmm. right so so i gotta like you know if 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 the six or ten or twelve people were you know flourishing that much that it was like that i was comfortable with it then i might not need to go to 10 or 12 or 15 right like it just depends on but the people that are like kind of like the that aren't necessarily 100 percent happy are the ones that aren't working and they're not not working because of me or because i have amber rose on my roster they're not working because of them you know the 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 ones that aren't working are the ones that are complaining right and they're not working because they're not working because of themselves not because of me and it's not because of my time commitment it's not because of my uh, you know uh uh i'm too busy it's because they they run out of their their product isn't good enough and what they need to do is they need to work on their product and they Mm -hmm. need to work on making themselves better let's just take the group of you four right yeah okay you could have sat at home and waited for me instead you came up with this podcast you developed it okay now you've got the podcast right could have stopped there Mm -hmm. okay take it on the road good for you right? Then you take it on the road. Then you go from taking it on the road to wanting to do on the record, right? You're creating your own opportunity, right? Yep. At some point, I'm going to be a resource to you. We've already had those conversations, yeah. right? But you're putting yourself in that position to win, okay? You're not pounding on me because I'm working with X or Y or Z and that's frustrating you because the same person that's worried about me and Amber Rose isn't telling you that I work with Travis Scott, mm-hmm. isn't telling you that I work with Future, They're not complaining about that, right? Because trust me, when they want tickets to the show, they're gonna call me and be like, "Yo, you got me,
2: (laughs) (laughs) right?" So,
4: so, so, just like, just to like keep it 100, like you gotta like work on yourself. Like you can make it happen. Like, like you you, there's, you know, it's funny is people. I have meetings with DJs all the time, and I'll fire off 10 ideas of things that I think that they could do. Yeah, and then they'll tell me they all suck. They're all bad ideas, and I'll say, "Listen, what works for." Crooked, isn't gonna work for Neva, isn't gonna work for D miles? You all have different things. I've just given you so don't instead of saying the 10 ideas I gave you suck, so what's 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 option eleven? Sit at home Mm -hmm. and pray that I'm gonna make it happen for you? Be clear, the 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 clients make a larger share than me. 85%. You know, I know most agencies charge twenty percent. Ours is typically a fifteen percent agency, right? Most of my competitors charge twenty percent, but at the end of the day, you're still making 80%. <laughs> right. So don't put the, the 80% of the workload on my shoulder. You know, you got to put that on your shoulder. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. No, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I've never really, uh, all, through all the changes that, that Scam Artist has gone through and, you know, all the expansions and everything, I've never really complained too much about anything because I, after a while, after working with you and really understanding how you work, I've, I've I've kind of realized like it's up to me to do what I need to do but the thing is it's kind of like like the music industry right I've got to make I got to go in the studio I got to make the music and if the music is good you're going to hear about it and you're going to be say then you're going to come to me and say I can make this bigger so you, you or or, you, or you I know? might
4: say or I might say crooked this isn't the one let's cut our losses
0: and, and let's go one. back
4: and yeah. do another one instead of chasing instead of being a hamster on a wheel spinning this for nothing because this isn't the one right and you'll be like no no it's the one i'll be like listen i'm i've looked around yeah and you might you might decide you want to cut, try at it for another month yeah but then i might be like still nothing has changed yeah sometimes we're wrong sometimes you know hey a month something might click sometimes it's timing sometimes it's luck sometimes it's right place right time like there's no right answer
0: but we just got to keep doing it you just got to keep just doing keep it. doing just it just, just keep, it. keep doing trying it. new things and doing other shit. exactly has there ever been a time like honestly like if i left i know you'd be heartbroken and stuff like that you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And, uh, t-
4: truth be told when anyone whenever any time someone leaves right like i like i kind of like there's been times when i've been disappointed that people have left yeah because i felt like i've done a great job yeah and there's been other times when people have left because you know like i don't kick people off but the truth be told you know my attorney told me once he was like at the end of the year he looks at his roster his clients mm-hmm. and the ones that make him money stay right the ones that don't make him money leave if they don't if they don't cause him grief right if they don't make him money but they don't really bother him, they stay right the ones that don't make him money he thinks about how much time he has to spend not making money right so there's often there's DJs that are on the lower tier of the financial earning, yeah. right? That bu- that that drain me, right? And when they say they want to leave, I'm like, listen, leave. I'll even might ask them, you know what, dude? If you're unhappy, you should just leave, right? Yeah. Like I'm good. And they're like, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? I'm like, bro, because the amount of, the you're asking me to sit on the phone with you for an hour. And I probably make no money. Like you're, you're stressing me out, bro. Just like I'd rather just be your friend. Like just bounce, bro. Like you said
0: some real ass <laughs> shit to some DJs, though,
4: bro. I'm just telling you, like, 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 <laughs> like, 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 no. But you do to understand. In the middle of my day, people want to have a conversation for an hour about their calendar, and I'm like, bro, like, like, if if you believe that I'm going to stop my day and I'm going to start working on your calendar for four hours and you're averaging five seven hundred dollars a night, you are playing yourself. I'm not going to do it, mm-hmm. right? You are playing yourself. Right. Can someone in my office sign? Can you do- if you're at that end of the tier, you need to hustle for yourself and I'll help you and maybe out of four gigs or five gigs, I might find one or two that I can slide you yeah. but you're going to have to do the bulk of the heavy lifting and if not, bounce. Yeah. Like, I'm not making any <laughs> money here. I'm,
0: bounce. <laughs> I'm good. Like, we'll be good. <laughs> I right, just do me a favor. Stop telling some of these DJs to drive Ubers, yo. No, I didn't say I, I've heard about, that, heard one about that one too, bro. I was like,
2: damn. No, oh, bro, man, no,
1: look, look let,
4: let's, <laughs> let, here, here, here. Let, me, let me tell you like this. Let me tell you like this. I'll tell you like this. If I, as an in- human being, right, needed work, okay, and I wanted the flexibility of being able to take games where I could or where I couldn't, like, as a promoter, I, like, you know, I was investing my own money. And oftentimes when I would get to the party, a break-even would be a win for me, right, mm-hmm. because I would just want to break even. And then I realized after doing, after spending 500 hours and throwing a party, that a break-even was my alternative. I sat down and I was like, shit, if I worked at McDonald's for those same 500 hours, at the end of the $500, I'd have money in my pocket, right? So what I'm saying is, is that if, if DJing isn't working out for you, right, you may need to find some sort of part-time job to supplement it. So you're not putting the pressure on the fact of, if you don't get three gigs a month, your lights are going to go off. That's not a suit. Like you got to look at yourself on that, right? Like You're talking to a guy who has two full-time jobs, so I'm not telling you something that I wouldn't do, but you can't, like, again, you can't sit at home and feel sorry for yourself. So, you know, it's a tough position because, you know, just because you were DJing once for $2,500 a night and that was your thing is that now you don't want to be a waiter at a restaurant, but you got bills to pay. You got commitments to deal with, and you got to figure that out on your own. That's That's not... I didn't sign up for that, right? like I, didn't, I didn't. sign up for that. <laughs>
0: yo, but you can't tell motherfuckers like, yo, man, go drive an Uber, man. Oh, like, it's a good. Work. It's a good job. You can do it when you want. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's on your own terms. It's, it's on your own, own terms. You go do it when you
4: want. You do it when you don't want. Like
2: that's fucking nuts,
4: man. Not, no, but I've said other things. Go get a job as a manager. Go get a job as a real estate. Go get a job. Go get a job, dude. Like, yeah. it's it's like, if, if it's not working for you, like, and this is this is going to be a part time proposition. You have to, like, as your agent or whatever, I'm giving you the solid advice that, like, I'm not probably going to be able to help you that much more. So you might need to find an alternative. And what yeah. that alternative
0: is for you or isn't, that's on you. When, when Raktakan kind of, like, took a break and, like, kind of left DJing for a little bit, and you guys were, like, a really dope team. Like, you guys were, like, like killing the game for a minute. Was there a part of you that was, like, damn, like, I I mean, he was great. He was crushing it. I mean, we, I, no, because
4: you know what? At the end of the day, I'm supportive of people. And I like, he, like, look, had he left me for another agency,
1: yeah. Then
4: I would have been bummed out because I thought I was doing everything for him. Right. right. I was providing resources and we had a rhythm. We were doing great. Had he left me for another agency, I think that would have been a bummer. He left me for a life change. And for that, I have nothing but respect. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so, and then when he did decide to come back, to DJing, his first call was to me. Yeah. I was just at a different place in my life and he was at a different place in his life and he needed to do what he needs to do for him. And Mm -hmm. for that, I, there's no, like when I see him, it's all love. Like, like I don't think that there's anything iffy or shady about that. There's been people that I've, I've looked at their calendars and they've been winners and then I've watched them leave me and then they've turned into not as good or different. And them, I'm like, I'm like, bro, like really? Or like sometimes I've been like, if there is, I feel like if some, there's a lot of, People that I've advanced money to for no interest, right? Mm-hmm. And not even made them pay it back to me in like over a, a fair amount yeah. of time. I've done people IRS liens.
0: I mean, you, you, I, mean, I went through a, a tax like a, yeah. a huge, I wasn't saying you because I, I don't
4: remember, but I dealt with people's no, no, like, IRS. Liens.
0: I, I, I what, at some point, like uh, maybe 10 years ago or like I, I went through like a, a bad IRS thing and you lent me 5Gs. And exactly. You, 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 you didn't even ask you were just like when you need it i sent it tonight i sent it today exactly and it was in my bank you know the next day you so, know
4: so i've done things for people i've child support tax liens i don't even remember that but good to know all that no, no. <laughs> nah, <that's true.
0: laughs> because at the time i'm like god this motherfucker's such an asshole man like sometimes he's so brash and then i was like yo man i might need like a uh do you think you could like you know front me some money like without a question i got you got gotcha. and i was like oh shit he was mad cool about that. And I send
4: it probably the next day or the na- that night. I was like, yo, send yeah. it right now. I send an email. It'll go. But that's the thing is like I've done for people a lot. And then when like in some instances where if it's not going the right way, rather than the first call be I'm leaving, the first call, you know, uh, uh, I'll say it's Sid Vicious, right? Yeah. You know, the way he left scam is almost the perfect way to do it. Right. Like he we met so many times about how to fix it and how to fix it. And I tried so hard to fix it, but I just couldn't fix it. So when he finally left, I didn't feel like he was leaving me. I felt like I had been given every opportunity to do what I could for him. And I just couldn't do for him anymore. So his decision to leave me or for us to stop working together, there was no ever like, what a dick! This guy fucked like I took it, like he was he was more than gracious with how he handled me, and so for that I was very respectful of and like you know if I see him like you know and again he's in a different place in his life, mm-hmm. he's married he's a different guy now so like it, you just got it's just, I just feel like it's how you
0: handle the situation. Right, right. Did you? I mean, you had to like there was so much history with you and Vice, and when he when he uh, when he left Scam, I mean like that must have like like it must have been you know it must have hurt you more personally i'm 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 more, i'm really curious about that well like, i
4: kind of knew it was coming like 3 or 4 years before mm-hmm. just because we were growing apart right so i don't so personally or
0: business wise i mean no, no per- probably personally, personally not, right? yeah.
4: not, i think like, i think that like you know my, where his life was heading and where my life was maintaining were different yeah right like you know like i think he you know he was getting married he had a kid like his we were going in different directions right so yeah. we weren't as like our our um you know our day-to-days weren't the same anymore so i kind of your worlds weren't
0: as aligned as a line right
4: yeah. so i felt like we were so it wasn't but you know when he finally told me i was totally blindsided it was like i was like bro seriously and i and and i truly believe the last two or three years of his career were probably his best. And I don't think that he's maintained that level since he's left the me. The last
0: two, three years with, with, with scam, scam. With Scam,
4: yeah. I, were probably his, his best years. Yeah. And I think that he probably, you know... I think that he should. We should have had. We should have had a different conversation before it ended there.
0: You wanted that Sid Vicious conversation, where like let's work this out. Let's see what's going wrong. Let let's try and let's what's try going. Right. And let's right. let's try to remedy this. Right. Before just like cutting. Right. Cutting the we hand. We never off, had right? that conversation. Yeah. Mm. So
4: I feel like I feel like for for having that much tenure and having that much things, if he had some things that he was unhappy with, it him, almost
0: came out of nowhere for you then it was like no i
4: mean i could sit se- i could yeah, yeah. Se- i could sit se- look at i could sense that we weren't like that was a when he when we were rolling right like it's kind of like what you said with little john right you're saying if yeah. i if i if there was a a let's say a five thousand dollar opportunity like would i need to run that by him no because we have such a rhythm right now yeah that, that i we're almost moving in unison right? Mm-hmm, right and so there's if the djs that are that are kind of crushing it we're moving in unison we're in cahoots right Right, so so there was a point maybe three or four years ago where i felt like we were no longer in cahoots i kind of knew the end was kind. he got a manager like that was the first sign i was like and i wasn't included in the conversation Mm -hmm. so that was a good indicator that you know if we were if we were on the same wavelength i would have been involved in that decision right or that decision making process right yeah so you know like I, I i could sense that we were heading down the wrong path but the final blow of like leaving he didn't in, he never came to me and said hey look it i'm unhappy here like you got a six month clock this is what i'm looking for if we can't remedy this i'm going to start looking somewhere else i feel like that far into that relationship i was in, i'm entitled to that and i didn't get that mm-hmm. and i was told at, like, a bar after we took a shot. Like, it wasn't even, like, a real meeting.
2: Oh, I like was a, hanging out. Man, he, yeah, he
4: was like, yo, you around? Can we catch up? And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm over here drinking with some friends. And he came over, and then he was like, yo, I need to talk to you. We went to the bar, and he was like, yo. And I was like, I, was, I already had two shots. I was kind of like, fuck you, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but, I mean, that's my man. It's all yeah. love. Like, look, we had a great run together. I'm happy. You know, I, like, yeah. I feel like I came out of this. In a, in, a, in a solid position. And it's, it's funny, it's like, you know, I, I always remember that Entourage episode, right, where, um, where the guy was like, you wanna come to a big firm, so if one, you know, of your, if your big client leaves you, you're still afloat, right? So I, you know, maybe five or six years before that, I had always wanted to build scams so if a vice left, it wouldn't cripple the company, right? right? So if, um, uh, you know, heaven forbid, a big client leaves, the company still exists. I'm not mm-hmm. having to lay people off or to make changes like, you know, like I, it didn't, the company didn't miss a beat. Right. right. So, so.
0: And, 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 and uh, a lot of other like uh, uh, DJ started to emerge, you know, like the LA leaker started to emerge. Right. Just Incredible, Sour Milk. Right. And mm-hmm. then even Fade, Five even and does, yeah. yeah, Everyone started kind of coming up, you know. Exactly. So like it, it kind of like, yeah, it, it almost organically happened. Exactly. You know, but yeah, I mean, yo, Sujit, I know you, you know. I'm you, good. Listen, yeah. you guys got me here.
4: Yeah. Fire at me. I'm good. Let's make it
0: fire. I we, we actually, we, we yes, got to close okay. it up. Yeah. Oh, but, yo, thank you so much for coming. Thank through, you, man. man. Yeah. Appreciate it. A, a lot of jewels you dropped. And uh, big oh, shout out. I didn't get in trouble. No, no. You nah. didn't get in trouble yet. <laughs> you're good. I was, I was thinking, no, you good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, okay. No. Definitely, J- put- Jamie
4: was so quiet the whole time. I was like, yo. <laughs> no, I was like, go ahead. He talking he's talking shit. Fine,
0: he's finally, you know, he's finally actually waking up right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a rough morning. Fucking nice 8, 8 a.m. podcast. Right down, right down, man. Next yo,
2: time we got to do one at nighttime just to see what the you compare for, for both. Oh, you don't want to do can't, nighttime. Catch you after man. work. Uh, nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> if, you like, yo, on,
4: if you get me on a good day, it might be all right.
2: Be like, yo, pop, we got the Game of Thrones going. You might want to come through. <laughs> you come there. Hey, yo, Suji, thank
0: you for coming through, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you.
2: You can find this video on youtube.com slash podcast. Please subscribe, comment, and like. Hit the notification bell. You get every video f- on Friday. And uh,
0: big shout out to DJ City. Everything is sponsored and provided by DJ City. Yeah, shout, yeah. shout out to
2: DJ City for the view.